This podcast is brought to you by GG Poker. GG Poker won huge tournaments and hold the Guinness World Record for the largest prize pool for an online poker tournament. As the world's biggest online poker room, GG Poker are making poker fun again. GG Poker offers exciting game formats and software features that aren't available anywhere else. So why play anywhere else? Plus, if you're new to GG Poker, get £60 free play when you make your first deposit of £10 or more. Players must be 18 plus. Full terms and conditions apply. Please see ggpoker.co.uk for details. BeGambleAware.org. Please play responsibly. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. If you're always searching for your next great adventure or seeking answers to complex questions, if you think of yourself as someone who takes charge, is there for others, breaks down barriers, or sees the world for what it can be, then you're just what we're looking for. CIA is searching for women of all skill sets with these traits and others to join the Directorate of Operations and help protect our nation. Visit cia.gov careers. See yourself here. I'm Paul John Dykes, it's match day, but match day with a difference. I'm joined by Colin Watt and Kevin Graham. Welcome back to the studio, guys. Uh, Colin, we are here, we're going to be covering the Celtic B or the Celtic Colts, as I continually call them, match today. Tell us a wee bit about the lineup. Uh, you are the man in the know, you've been doing the digging. Quite a young lineup for Celtic today. Yeah, quite a few 16 year olds getting thrown into the mix here. Uh, and just before the, the teams came out, Willie McStay was saying that some of the older boys only be playing 45 minutes. So as we go through the lineup, we'll kind of highlight that. In goals for Celtic is Ryan Mullen, the 19-year-old. He's had a bit of first-team experience before and he's been out on loan. He's an experienced head for the boys this afternoon. A back four 
Joseph Murphy, who's only 16, Ewan Otu, who was out on loan at Clyde last year, uh, made a bit of an impression. Uh, mm. He's on, only going to be playing 45 minutes. He's partnering Dylan Court at centre-half and Brodie Patterson, who was out at Queen's Park last year. That makes up your back four. They play a very similar formation to the first team, so you've got the three in midfield of Mackenzie Cass, uh, Ben Wiley, another 19-year-old who's only going to be playing 45 minutes today, and Bruno Davidson. And then your front three is Ben Summers, a 17-year-old, Adam Brooks, one of our top goal scorers, and someone who made his first team debut a couple of weeks ago, Joey Dawson. So a bit of a young lineup for Celtic today as the game just kicks off. Um, but excited to see what lies ahead for the, the boys over this 90 minutes. We've, we've done a lot of talking about the B team and it's great to be able to to watch live when there's no other football happening. Um, we won't be commentating on the game, but we will be doing what we call a watch along. We've done it a couple of times with the first team. And in actual fact, Kevin, you remember back to the early days when we were doing watch alongs for all the games in <laughs> lockdown. Aye. But the problem was we were getting texts to tell us that uh, Ferenc Varos, for example, had just scored and it took about three minutes for the Celtic TV footage to catch up, Kev. I know so watch, doing those sort of watch-alongs come with its own problems. Eh? But we had a good one in here. Eh? Uh, that was Kilmarnock. Kilmarnock, yeah. Kilmarnock, that was a good one with David and ourselves. That was a Kevin decent one. That was a decent one. Eh? They do work but when you're actually relying on club TV channels or uh, dodgy streams or whatever you are yeah. watch, watching the games then they can be a bit pro- problematic but it seems to be a big thing doing it, uh, the English fan channels eh? yeah I see they, a lot of them uh, they seem to have it and does they seem to bother them at the fact that they are a minute and a half behind no and when, when you watch it again as well as looking at all the action when something exciting's happening and that was a oh, good chance almost, yeah. Yeah. Um, we'll also be talking about all things Celtic so let's kick off by looking at the the, the setup this season, Colin, Celtic B, we've been talking about how do you develop players? How do you get them? You know, there, there's a bridge there, isn't there, between the youth as it was before and the first team and very few really over the piece were breaking through at the first team. Um, you'll you'll be able to name the ones who did successfully. Mm. But the, the massive reason behind us being in the league structure was to continue that development and, and bridge the gap. I mean, it's fifth-tier football in, in, in Scotland. Do you think it is something that after this season, it will happen uh, on a more permanent basis because it is only a one-year deal at the moment, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's set to expire. I think there's only about eight or nine games left in the season um, as quick as it's went through. I mean, it has. you've seen the benefits. You saw the likes of Owen Moffat who has really introduced himself to the Celtic support, not only this pre-season but with some of the goals that he scored in this league. Uh, unfortunately, he doesn't make the squad today through uh, injury or illness. Not sure which one of the two it is. Even guys like Rocco Vata, who maybe 12 months ago Celtic fans weren't aware of, just as Brooks breaks into the box there, unlucky. Um, guys like that, we wouldn't have been able to get the chance to see the development of these guys. So you think about sometimes when you go to the games at the end of the season and it's like, oh, so-and-so's on the bench and you go, who who's he? This has given you the chance to take a look into mm. what is actually coming through our youth development. We spend a lot of money at Lennox Town and a lot of fans really don't know what's coming through. But even watching these opening exchanges here, Celtic are playing the way that Ange Postacoglu's first team would play. Yeah. They're playing out from the back, they're looking for the pass, the movement. You've already got the invented fullbacks there as well. So it is good to see that things are kind of channeling right through the whole of the football club and it's not the way it previously was. I mean, 
We took a look at the, the games last year when he limping? went away to... Is O'Toole limping? Looks like he's limping. Yeah, yeah. it looks like he is, eh? Well, Sorry to interrupt me. They were just saying before kick-off that he was only going to be playing 45 minutes because he's coming back from injury, so hopefully he's not aggravated anything. Mm. Um, it, looks, but, it looks like he's labouring, actually. Aye. You, you take a look at last season when we had the, the sort of... Um, ill-informed trip to Dubai. He doesn't labour in there as he flew into that <laughs> challenge. But when you had the, the, the Dubai trip last year and we lost all the first-team players and you looked at guys that came through like Karamoko Dembele, Cameron Harper, Armstrong Okoflex, um, these boys were playing at a system that wasn't the same as the first-team. So when they tried to make that step up and they tried to play the formation that the first-team wanted to play, they, they didn't suit them. So it's good to see that you've actually got an idea and a, a sort of philosophy that's going right through the structure of the club instead of just mm-hmm. depending on which sort of formation the coach wants to play. Yeah, that, That's one thing for me, Colin. I, I've, got, I've been not involved in any sort of football, any sort of level, like youth level or anything like that. But surely you should have that like uniformity all through the club. <laughs> you should be playing a certain way so these guys can actually step up into the team. I've been impressed that start off the young boy Brooks is actually has, has made a decent start to the game as well. I've been really impressed with the press near us, the, the, the high-energy the high energy press that the, that the Colts are at. I'm going to call them the Colts as well, Paul. I don't like calling them the B team. Uh, that, that they've started off as well, eh? But, I mean, surely that's a simple thing. Uh, you play the same way as the first mm-hmm. <laughs> You train the same way as yeah. the first So it's, it's, it's a... The same philosophy Aye, as the first team as well, Kev. a comfortable factor for the laddies as well when they're making that step up. Well, you, you, you speak about that step up. We've saw the likes of um, Owen Moffat make the step up in the, the cup final, and he didn't look out of place at all. He knew what his position was. He stuck to it, and he, he put in a decent performance. And when he's came on and made his kind of fleeting appearances for the first team this season, it's not as if he's looked out of place. So, yeah, OK, he's not got the, the physicality of maybe a first-team player so far, but at least he's got the understanding of where he should be on the park. Yeah. Too many times I've seen youth players step up and it's just been like a rabbit in the headlights because they don't know where they're meant to play. Mm. By the way, what I will say is that um, we on the channel have been uploading different lengths of content over the, the last week or so because uh, for the last 18 months, everything that we've put up has been between half an hour and two hours long, sometimes longer if you're interviewing Brian McClear, Kev, um, which is long-form content, and we need to have a variety of short and mid-form content. So there are a lot of clips at the moment uh, going up on the channel from about 20-odd press conferences that we attended. Colin, you attended quite a lot of them. But on one of those uh, press conferences, we spoke to Darren O'Day and he was asked the question around um, the style of play, uh, the philosophy of Ange and how that could be carried on through the teams. And he spoke about that and he he said that definitely the Colts team, which I'm calling them as well, Kev, um, are going to be playing the same way as Postacoglu for all the reasons that you guys have already described. So it's interesting to watch the team in in the same kind of shape. But I'm I'm going to come back a wee bit to someday that you mentioned, Colin, Joey Dawson, now we, um, through mainly through uh, COVID, but also because we've had so many injuries in the first team, but in a situation where we got to McDermott before the, the winter shutdown, um, and Joey Dawson's got to play. Uh, he's on the bench. We get an injury uh, as it happens, and he's on the park. And I wonder if he would have been as ready if he wasn't playing at this level. And I know a lot of people are saying, but it's the fifth tier. It's a fifth tier of Scottish oh, football. I was a goal there. That was unlucky. I think your streams are a bit behind Ming, by the way, guys. Um, <laughs> oh, not one of these ones again. But Joey Dawson, you know, he, 
I don't think he was an, an, ast- an astonishing performance. I don't think he gave an astonishing performance, but I tell you what, he played all right, didn't he, uh, for his debut? Uh, definitely. And you look at it, I mean, there's for every Joey Dawson that's came through, there's been, um, and I'm sure we'll touch on this later on, guys like Jonathan Afalabi or um, other sort of similar type strikers that we've signed from down south and we've brought them up at the age of 17, 18 with the idea that they'll be the next big player to come through. Guys like, remember Ben Hutchison? Oh, oh how, can you, how can you ever forget Ben Hutchison? Where did he come from? Middlesbrough, Middlesbrough it was, aye. Um, he was a big lump, eh? He went out on loan at Kilmarnock and stuff like that. Remember he played well. against Rangers? He did. Strachan brought him on. Aye, yeah. the last 10 minutes or something. Yes, yeah. There's, there's a certain yellow away top always pictured that Ben Hutchison wearing for some I reason. Where is he now? Somebody uh, tell us in the content, uh, the comments, don't Google it. Question, yeah. Where is Ben Hutchison now? What tier of English football is he playing? I reckon he'll be Conference South. I'm going to say seventh tier. Is that about the same? Yeah, it's the same. Uh, right, okay. We'll check it up in a wee second. By the way, I do want to get the commenters involved because this is a uh, not an impromptu bulletin as such, but it's an extra one in that we didn't expect there to be a game televised and there is one. So I'm in the com- comments, guys. If anything happens on the park, Kevin Collin, um, interrupt me. Feel free to interrupt. Sorry we didn't announce on the YouTube channel um, about the actual start time. We did on the other socials, but in the future, I'll, I'll put a wee message into the community section of the channel that I've only just started using. So any updates will be in there. Uh, or indeed in the description of the video as well. Uh, people are talking about open all hours, um, and I don't know why or which character I'm going to be in open all hours. Um, and because the I'll remake, tell you, the remake of open all hours or the original open all hours. I used to. I've seen, seen a bit of the remake when it came out. Was it a remake? Ah, there's been a remake. David Jason was the shopkeeper. Uh, was that right? And it was a him at a what do you call it? On the fools. That played Rodney. Is that was he the he was the next? Oh, was well, you know, Nicholas Lynn, Lynn, Lindhurst. Lindhurst. Yes, I don't. You know, Johnny I don't. Vegas was that on Terrestrial? Johnny Vegas. Was Johnny Vegas? Listen, we've one of the parallel universes. Kev, you're making this up. No, no, no. So, what level is Ben Hutchison playing at? Probably in English football. We're guessing about seventh. We're not going to check it until we get some people coming in. Please, yes, KSK takers, we will stick the time up that we're going to go live. Absolutely. Um, because it isn't your typical 12.30 bulletin. So, yes, we will do that in the future. We do like a bit of feedback. Nice and constructive. So, thanks for that as well. Um, get involved in the comment section. Although we are covering the B team, there's loads happening. There's signings coming in. There's loan deals going out. Who else should be going out? Um, how are we using the loan system? Are we using it well enough? Well, I'm going to ask you this, Colin, because you and I had a very interesting discussion and you picked up on it later on in one of the, the Wednesday bulletins about how we hadn't really used the loan system that well. Mm-hmm. And it was on two different fronts. The first front was there was an incredible amount, of, if you were to look over the last 10 years, an incredible amount of players we had loaned out who had never come back and played 50 or more games for Celtic. So you ask yourself, has it been a success that you've loaned all these guys out and they've ended up getting several loan deals and then getting a permanent deal and Celtic don't really benefit from that. Um, But there are obvious ones like Ryan Christie, for example, we've loaned him out to uh, Aberdeen. He's come back definitely a a better player. Uh, Callum McGregor, the club captain, Notts County. Uh, Chris Iyer went out to Kilmarnock. Mm -hmm. Tommy Rogic went to Australia. Yeah, Central Coast Mariners. To get get game time. Uh, So in the recent past, that has worked for us. 
Do you think that um, the other the other point that we discussed, Colin, was the fact that we were? I mean, at this moment in time, we've loaned out ten players. I'm yeah. sure there'll be a few more um, as the the month progresses. And we were saying, well, try as much as you can because there's no proper science to this. There's no real rule book to this, but try as much as you can to get the players to play at our level. So try and get them out to the Scottish Premiership. And the way um, that we were looking at that is they're going to be playing at a level that they can switch back into if they mm. come back to Celtic. But also, they're not going to be playing against us, but they will be playing against our rivals. And it's very, very fine margins. But if you're loaning out 10 players, I tell a lie, it's not true that we've got out. Lee Griffiths is out at Dundee as well at the moment. Uh, Ewan Henderson's at Hibs. That will become permanent. And Liam Shaw is well, at Motherwell. But if you've got 10 guys, Colin, and they're all playing for um, opposition teams, they're all playing against uh, your challengers for the league title, there is a good chance that they will do some damage. Absolutely. Um, and that's been one of the things with Celtic's loan spells over the last number of years is a lot of the guys have went down south or nearly uh, Celtic fallen 1-0 behind there. Good cross coming in from the left-hand side. Um, it's all been down south, isn't it? That's like, a, a horrendous the, kit that the, oh, the Braves a, are wearing. I, I thought we were going to touch oh. on that, but... Um, That'll, there'll be a wee segue into bad kits just in a few moments. That's a 19, 1980s nightclub carpet. It's a 1990s Umbro kit, Kev. That's what it looks yeah, like. It's, it's, oh, the, yeah, uh, the England goalkeeper kit that had all the, the different uh, patches on it. Very similar. It's terrible. Um, but I come back to the loan deals. You're talking about like, see like Jack Aitchison went down south, Forest yeah. Green Rovers, mm-hmm. uh, Leo Connor down south at, um, I'm, I forget where he's at. Just Tranmere. Uh, Scott Robertson, guys like that, guys that we obviously think have the chance to make it into the first team in the future, and they're not playing at the level that you think that you know what they can step up and put that performance in for Celtic. Mm-hmm. Playing for Tranmere, when does that mean that you're actually going to be able to play for Celtic? So we've got two guys doing at Tranmere at the moment, haven't we? We've got uh, Duhan. You watched a bit of Duhan a couple of seasons ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin when he was at Air, I think. Yeah, Air United. Yeah. But he's at an age now. He's the same age as Connor Hazard, twenty-two. Um, and you think to yourself, and yes, I know that there's a staggered kind of like approach to goalkeepers' ages and they can play longer, etc. Generally, uh, although in the modern day, we're seeing a lot of players playing well into their 30s. But if you've not made the grades at Celtic by the age of 22, do you have a future in goals I'm talking about? Mm. I mean, because people might cite Ralston as a, a very good example. Uh, McGregor was 21 before he played for Celtic's first team. Danny McGrain was 20 before he kicked the ball for the first team. But at 22, as a goalkeeper, if you've not made the breakthrough, I would doubt that that you ever are going to make the breakthrough. So, you know, you've got Duan, who's done at Tranmere. He's touching something like 75 to 100 senior performances, not one for Celtic. No. Scott Robertson, um, who, you know, broke into the team, played as an 18 or a 17-year-old in Europe for Celtic, yep. flanked by Cham in the midfield over in Romania. I was at that game, by the way, Colin. Um, but, you know, he's a player that's gone away, and he, by the time he comes back, he's going to be 20-year-old, same age as Liam Shaw, but he'll have 75 senior games under his belt. Yeah. So that I think we're managing Robertson pretty well, but I don't know if it's at the right level. Uh, that's the thing. It all comes down to level. So you can say, like, Luke O'Connell, who's been playing for um, Queen's Park. Again, a young, bright talent that was coming through. I- Ireland under-19 international. Um, the same as we had with um, the, the boy we were just talking about that we're getting rid of, the, the striker. Totally forgot his name. It slipped my mind. Irish striker. Coffee. No, 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 no. Uh-huh. Um, was it Dundee? John Fanafalabi. Uh, oh, right. yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, he's had loan spells at um, Air United. Air United, at Dundee. Um, 
in its all been championship teams. Dunfermline, I think he had a spell at the past, didn't he? Yeah. Kerr McEnroy, another boy who mm-hmm. was very highly rated, went to Dunfermline, was, was kind of spoken about, but these guys never seem to make the move up to play for a, a St Johnston or a Motherwell or even a St Mirren or some teams like that. I mean, they stagnate, don't they? There's a there's an age, there's a, a spell. I think from the age of eighteen to like twenty one. Um, and very few players. I mean, McGregor's been a bit of a, an exception. That if you don't get the right level of game time, mm-hmm. Colin, it's very difficult for them to come back up to that because they stopped developing. Well, it's not even that. I think it's a lot of teams don't give these boys a chance, and then you see it maybe five, six years later on when they make a move up the leagues, they make the move to Motherwell, and then suddenly it's fans are going, "Well, why didn't we take a chance on him when he was here at the time?" Look, look at Gallagher who made the move from Motherwell to. Uh, Aberdeen mm. how many Celtic fans were screaming for us to have signed him in the summer to add something to our defence and you're going well he had his chance when he was at the club he, he came through the youth system I, I remember hearing the like calls before. I know I, I remember hearing the calls and wondering to myself well, are you watching a different game the players that leave him, him and O'Donnell I don't think were ever at the level we actually play first team football for Celtic it's revisionism at its highest mm. isn't it the, the, the boys that left Celtic are not the players that I think calling it signed two seasons later. That, that, that's that's a, that's the that's the whole the whole thing. Everybody thinks, or oh, he must have had that talent when he was at Celtic. Well, is there a, has there been one that you can think of that's kind of a youngster that's not been given a chance at Celtic, went away and then thought, do you know what? I'd quite like to try and bring him back. So the obvious one, Andy Robertson, right? We've heard that, and we knew back in the nineties, with Shea Given in the building for a number of years and you know if you've read his book or heard any of his interviews you'd be just completely messed that up but there's very few Colin there's very few you look at and think well they've went on and they've proved us wrong you know in terms of youth players uh, there's plenty of transfers that have, that have gone elsewhere and done okay but I just think in terms of youth players I mean you look at the amount of players right down the leagues who started off at Celtic Colin mm-hmm. You know, and it's almost as if we've been running this facility up at Lennox Town, and I think it costs in the region of two and a half million pounds a year for the the youth uh, the academy, uh, what to furnish other teams with all, the, all these players. And what frustrates me, and we'll talk about it as, as the game goes on the day, because I know Kevin um, obviously was interested in some of the Bayern Munich boys, but the amount of players who have left before playing but we would have rather they stayed with us and they've left because they see a better pathway with the likes of Bayern Munich Liverpool Blackburn Rovers Watford and there'll be other teams as well but there's we've listed them in the past Kev eight Aye. young players that's never kicked a ball for Celtic we're watching a game on the left hand side of the studio here between Leeds United and West Ham United um, and starting for Leeds is Leo Held he started today he, he's He's having a feral challenge, I'll tell you. But he started for Leeds today, and on the on the bench is Ocoflex for West Ham United, Colin. Mm. So these are two guys that potentially, and you know, you never know how they're going to develop. But you're looking at how they've developed already since they've left Celtic in the last six months, and they're playing in the FA Cup. Yeah, it was just one I never wanted Celtic to let go. I was really disappointed when that deal ended up going through. I know Celtic got a decent amount of money for him. I think it was seven figures in the end. Um, but did they get as much as that? Did as they? much as that, aye. But when you look at it and you're saying he's 17 years old and you're sitting watching him here and he's six foot two, six foot three, he looks so commanding. We everybody said that he was going to be the next kind of big thing coming through. And John Hughes certainly did. Well, he's, what was it? Next Virgil Van Dijk, he called him, wasn't mm-hmm. it? Mm-hmm. And he's not been given. He was never given the chance. I know he was. He looked good in pre-season as well, didn't he? That, he's been he's been having a torrid time, as you say, against a, a very physical West Ham side. But he hasn't looked at it. No, physically, 
and this, he starts to wise. He hasn't looked at his place, and he even he even looks comfortable in the ball. But then it's it's extremely obvious that Leeds United offered them a offered them a pathway. Mm. It is extremely obvious. Ah. Eh? Is that something that you think that in a very short time? Oh, hold on. It's a goal for Celtic. Just as Kevin walks out the room, unannounced by number ten Ben Summers. Interesting stat about Ben Summers, uh, Paul. He was actually picked to play um, for a Celtic team as part of the Tommy Burns documentary mm. a couple of years ago. He's mm-hmm. in the under-18s team. Right. Um, scored a fantastic goal a couple of weeks ago. Some lovely footwork from Celtic there at the edge of the box um, as the ball's played in from uh, Mackenzie Cars. Nice. And it's a lovely wee pass from Ben Wiley. It plays him in. Very ben nice. Summers slots at home to give Celtic the lead. Coming up for the 20 minute mark, and to be fair, on a balance of play, Celtics absolutely deserved it. Oh, definitely. But I mean, you just look again at unlocking a pack defence column. We've been talking about that all season. It's been a problem for the first team. Um, but when you've got a skill like that to just flick the ball that's, through. That's unbelievable from Wiley. Brilliant. Absolutely superb. And when you see them uh, celebrating as well, uh, Joey Dawson looks like he is playing with the young boys at the school. Eh? <laughs> he's, he the one that, he's the one that was born in the February, so he can play the year below. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Caledonian Braves, let's go back to that kit. It's a shocker. Um, now, I don't know who the, the manufacturer is, but these are the kind of quirks that we do talk about from time to time. We've got a lot of big uh, kit. Good save. Oh, great save. Um, almost responding immediately at Caledonian Braves. So Bad kit or not, with an equaliser. Uh, but that was a good save. That was a good stop. Let's talk about the goalkeepers then, just while Kevin's left the room. Um, Connor Hazard, the curious case of Connor Hazard, Colin, right? So last season was a disaster. We all know that, right? But it was a case of what what can we really extract from it? What players can we still progress at the first team? Um, and, you know, you've seen the performances, for example, of uh, Callum McGregor, who it's night and day when you compare your performances to last season. Mm-hmm. So there's an argument to say, right, your performances of last season, you can't really judge a player fully on that, you know, if you look at last season. Um, and I think, uh, you know, for example, David Tumble had a good season last season. He's had a good season this season. But I, I would be reluctant to write, completely write off a player on, on the basis of last season, uh, unless it's somebody like, like Salt, for example. You just need to look at Duffy. Duffy goes back down and starts performing again like he did, like mm-hmm. we knew he he could. Um, so when you're looking at the goalkeeper scenario last season, Kim, just as you re-enter the building, um, Connor Hazard's a strange one. So last season, he was one of three goalies that got a fair bit of game time. Um, he's written his name into the history books, uh, virtue of a penalty shootout in the Scottish Cup final, which was a quadruple, quadruple treble clincher. And he was immediately, like many young players are, he was immediately given an improved deal, long-term deal. Four years, I think it was at the time, right? And we've never seen hide nor hair of him since, really. I mean, there was one occasion where the Celtic B team were playing Clyde and he brought down David Goodwillie uh, three yards out of the box. Clyde got a penalty and Hazard was sent off. He didn't even touch Goodwillie. That was terrible. It was a dreadful It was a terrible decision. Um, So you've got to ask yourself, where are we with him? He's a full international for Northern Ireland. He's got first-team experience. I asked the question in one of our press conferences with John Kennedy, which is up on the the channel now, about Conor Hazard, and he was a wee bit vague, I would suggest. He was a wee bit vague about the the future of Why give a player a four-year deal and not have him as part of the squad? See, Connor Hazard, even though he's always going to have that, he's not, he's always going to have that cup, cup winner's medal. Uh, 
he's always going to have a eternal thanks for for bringing home the bringing home the quadruple treble. But I never saw any anything in any of his performances to actually say he was worth a four year contract. No. And if you're actually being utterly cynical and actually black and white about it, you're saying well he's got a four year contract and he's basically stealing a wage because he's never going to get into the Celtic first team. I, I think that's about half saying he's stealing a wage. I think what it was done was there was a business decision made there that obviously the eyes suddenly went on Connor Hazard because he was getting first team football. He made it into the Northern Ireland first team as well, played a a friendly he's against capped. Portugal. He's capped, yeah. Um, and he saved a, a saved a uh, penalty. Right, uh, Do steal, you know, stealing uh, a wage is probably the, the wrong. Yes, yes. Turn a phrase, uh, but he's probably getting paid a now a first team wage. Yeah, for, yeah. And he's never going to play in the first team. Well, he is the third choice goalkeeper at the moment. Um, when you go away to um, the grounds and you see the, the teams warming up, Barkas. That's a, the Barkas is fourth choice, isn't he? Do you know what I mean? Um, because he's he must be earning somewhere in the region of fifteen to twenty thousand pounds a week. Who's, who's going to get you the more money though, Colin? Barkas is going to get you the more money in the club than Connor Hazard. Well, that's the thing. But with Connor Hazard, the way that his contract, because I believe his contract didn't have that long left when they gave him a new deal. But when the the eyes are there on someone, you give them an extra three or four years onto their contract, and it adds a couple of hundred thousand pounds onto a transfer fee. So over the long term of it, if there was going to be interest in Connor Hazard, which there was at the time, Celtic could have cashed in on it. But there's a there's, there's a lot of thing, isn't it? Because you look at it, you've got Ryan Mullen, you've got Ross Duhan, you've got Toby Oluwayemi, who would normally be playing for the B team today, um, who going by um, sources that we we hear from inside the club is meant to be the long term future mm. of the goalkeeping department. Um, there is only so many players you can have for that one position. We're, we're furnishing two teams here. Obviously, we're watching the B team. So, um, obviously, you do need to have, I would suggest, more goalkeepers who are ready for a league football because that's what we're watching today uh, than normal. And I, I still think, though, even with that in mind, that we've got too many goalkeepers. So, we've, we've, you've just listed seven, Colin. Yeah, seven there's, goalies. There's Bain as well. That, that includes Bain. So, yeah. Joe Hart's... You know the out and out first first pick, followed by Bain. I think this is a pecking order anyway. Hazard and Barkas. That, that's the kind of four. Uh, Toby's made it onto the bench. Two hands out on loan, and uh, we're watching Mullen performing pretty well. I've got to say so far at this level, Colin. Mm-hmm. But that's seven goalies uh, to furnish two teams, and I just think that well, two hands out on loan already. Hazard's doing nothing. You know he's in that middle bit where he's not playing for the first team. He's not playing for the B team. So what do you do with a guy like that? In terms of the contract, I think it, he's in a similar scenario. This goalkeeper looks very, very confident, I've got to say, for the B team so far, yeah. Ryan Mullen. But he's in a similar situation to Mikey Johnson in terms of the contract. He's got a long-term deal. I don't see Celtic selling him, but I do think they'll, they'll loan him out. I think that the same will be said with Mikey Johnson. You, you look at Ross Doohan, right? Mm-hmm. There was there was a deal on the table right away for him to go back to Tranmere. Mm-hmm. Nobody's ever came in and looked at Connor. Are you speaking to somebody at Tranmere, Kev, about Doohan? There's a wee guy that I talked to on Twitter and uh, he rates Duhan. Is he a wee guy though? Yeah, uh, yes, he is. I've actually seen a like uh, a picture of him. He's an old punk. Uh, he watches Tranmere. Uh, seems like he's quite grumpy. He's twenty three now. Ross Duhan. <laughs> Who's but, grumpy, Duhan or the guy you're talking about? The, the, the Tranmere fan that's been on Twitter. Right. Um, and and what he says, what he says is Duhan's a decent, decent goalkeeper. Mm. But as you say, he's twenty three. Yep. He's going to have a career, but it's not going to be at Celtic. No. Not, not, not 23. But 
the point I was I was maybe trying to make was there wasn't a, there wasn't a clamour for Connor Hazard to go anywhere or not. Well, we don't know though because I was going to bring up the Stephen Wells thing. You just don't know um, who's interested because that one came out of the blue, didn't it? You didn't easy. Interested in Welsh, there might be teams out there. Kev. If you if you look at it historically, there's always been uh, there's always been some Premiership club, League One club, Championship club, always want a Celtic go. When you've had a look at it over the years, there's been a number up at Ross County, there's been a number of them have went other places in Scotland. So it's not as if it's as if for some teams it seems to be the first port of call with phone Celtic for a goalkeeper. So for nobody to want Connor Hazard, either says to me, one, is he, is he rated that highly? Or two, the wages have now priced him out of that market. I think when you look at it, when did Joe Hart actually come into the building? Well, we had we had already played the, the first two legs um, of the qualifier for a kick-off. So you thought, um, what, was it mid- played at Tynecastle. Aye, Bain played at Tynecastle. So it was, what, August then before mm. Joe Hart comes into the building? Now, by that time, a lot of teams, if you're looking for a, a first-choice goalkeeper, whether it be for the season, a lot of teams will have already picked up that player that they want. They want to have him in for the first game of the season. Obviously, we were in the same predicament, but couldn't get the deal done in time. Are you then saying, right, we're going to ship Connor Hazard out to, I don't know, I'll say for talking sakes, Kilmarnock here, but he's not going to be guaranteed the first-team jersey because they've already got their first choice in, so we're bringing him in as a second-choice goalkeeper. In terms of his career, if you're Celtic, you're either looking at you get him off the wage bill or you're looking at his development, and if they're looking at it in terms of his development... Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And they really want going to want him to go there to be the second choice goalkeeper when there's every chance with everything that's going on in the world with COVID and with injuries that you might have to turn to him in a couple of weeks. I mean, if it wasn't for the fact that he was himself unfortunately unavailable, he'd have probably been the goalkeeper at St Johnston a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I was have... saved there from Ryan Mullen, by the way, big deflection. We're talking about goalies. Top top corner. You would think he knows that we're talking about keepers because he's been pretty impressive. Ross Duhan, just checking his stats, actually, he's had quite a few loan deals. He's been at Dundee United, Cumbernauld, Colts, Ross County, Tranmere and Ayr, and he's he's racked up 109 uh, appearances. He's getting, he's getting game time, Paul. Yep. He's out there getting constant game time. And this is where the club probably need to start having to make... I mean, you've listed seven goalkeepers mm-hmm. for two teams. <laughs> There's some hard decisions I've got to get oh, there. And there's some. Well, where are we with him? Do you think? Do du- and Hazard. Duhan's he's played. He's 23. He's played 109 games, not one for Celtic. It's time to let that guy go. Yes. And progress. It's, it's interesting. He's actually. The, I think he's got the most clean sheets for air in the club history. 
because yeah. he was there for about two and a half years. The guy's obviously got ability at a certain level. Aye. The guy's obviously got ability at a certain level. You got thirty clean sheets in eighty games. Aye. That's astonishing. I mean, that is that, that was is an really good. Pushing to get up, promoted a couple of years ago. Was it under McCall? Ian McCall was in Aye. charge. Yeah. They were looking to get promoted into the, the top league. They were kind of sitting top for a while. And then Who did I see that Air United were going to appoint there? Lee Bullen. They did. Lee Bullen. They appointed Good appointment. Pennycook boy, Lee Bullen. Played with Pennycook Athletic. Um, and then he had one of the most interesting playing careers ever that ended up with him playing against England for Hong Kong. And it was at that time where they had the um, the dentist chair, remember? Mm-hmm. Um, he was there. He was on that night out, Lee Bullen. He was playing for Hong Kong alongside Dave Watson, the former Everton uh, centre-half, Kev. Bizarre. But he, he, he made his name both at Dunfermline and Sheffield Wednesday, Lee Bullen. Oh. Uh, played with Meadowbank Thistle, the now defunct Meadowbank, now Livingston. No, you mentioned Sheffield Wednesday. Is that not the last time we saw Conor Hazard? Did we not play pre-season against Sheffield play. But uh, yeah, He's uh, been on the bench a couple of times. That's for sure. I've seen him when I've been going on the Tour of Scotland this year and seen him being the the sort of third choice goalkeeper, but um, he's had his loan spells as well. Connor has had it at Thistle and at Dundee, but as you're saying, it's, it comes to the point where you're saying, right, there's only so much development you're going to do at Celtic. You've maybe hit your peak. This is it now. If you're not in the first team squad, then there's young boys that's coming through that have still got that chance to do that. Guys like all the YME who's coming through. So, Considering we don't even know what the future of this Colts team is for next season, Aye. I think there will be. I think that's a given, mate. I do. I do think it's a given that they'll be in the league. Um, um, you reckon they'll be in this league, the Lowland League, or the? I, I think it's the only way. I mean, as you know, the, the teams in the Lowland League don't even want them to enter at that level. But I think that will be the entry level now that there's been a precedent set. Um, the Lowland League and others want them to start at the very bottom tier, don't they? Well, you've got the West of Scotland leagues that. Well, I say that. I say that. Many, many of the clubs. Ago. Yeah, many of the clubs do anyway. Um, but you take a look at it. There was always this talk about, oh, what's the point in uh, Celtic and Rangers Colts teams going down there and they'll just run away with the league? They've not run away with the league this season. The team that's run away with the league this season has been uh, Bonnie Rig Rose. They're sitting top of the league with about ten points clear of Rangers, who are in second place. Um, Celtic and Rangers were never eligible for promotion out of this league either it's not been this sort of they're going to turn up and win every game 8 or 9 nothing anybody watching this game right now can see that the standard of the, the boys that are coming through against the, the seasoned professionals because there's guys that have played at a higher level than um, the Lowland League it shows that this is the right level to put the guys in that and they're saying well what's it going to do for the, the, the national team you're not going to see that in one season what you are going to see is maybe the likes of an Owen Moffat who plays week in, week out for the B team, then eventually makes his way up to the first team. And when he makes his appearances for the first team, if they're impressive, he gets called up for his national team. You're not going to see that improvement over one season. I never understood why it was a one-season thing, but... Just to get a a a foot in the door. There is a place for playing boys like this at this level. I, I think it was to demonstrate if indeed it does demonstrate this, but it was to demonstrate the um, improvement in terms of gates. I don't know if it has. That's something they'll review at the end of the season. It was for advert. This was the reason that it was a one-year deal, to show that it would improve the gates, advertising revenue and sponsorship. 
So that, that was the reason why there was a one-year deal, so that Celtic and Rangers could turn around to them and say, you have made X amount extra because we are here. It's, it's no caught my imagination the way I thought it was going to do. I, I could picture myself going to these games and like um, there's a few of them played at Fourth Bank, there's a, quite a few of them in the central belt as well. And I, so I can see myself going to a couple of away games mm-hmm. here and there, eh? For me, I don't like Celtic have well publicised it. I could have just missed it. Would you have gone if it was on your season ticket? Oh, you know, I, I probably would have went if it was on my season ticket. I probably maybe would have went if my son was older. Mm-hmm. And uh, this would be a perfect type of game. A wee Sunday the afternoon, intro. go and yeah. go, go, um, we'll go there. If he's not interested, then I can leave. Mm-hmm. If it's on the season ticket, I'll go, okay. all right, I can, I can go away. It's, it's not going to really make much a difference. But I don't think it's maybe made a... Obviously, we can't comment. Maybe Amy would be able to comment better than what me and Colin can and Paul can. There was an initial but, down payment as well, wasn't there? The initial down payment. Uh, it was nothing, though. It was like a, a thousand pound a team or something. Has, like that, have Bonnie, did Bonnie Rig Rose, when we went there, get an extra 500 fans through the door? No, no. they didn't because it was the first game of the season. Know, but, uh, that I'm was just because using, of the, the I'm, I'm, restrictions. I'm, 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 I'm just using Bonnie, Bonnie Rig as an actual uh, example here. Um, when you, we saw the highlights just before this game started kicked off eh, mm-hmm. when we played Caledonian Braves look how the goalie is playing right up the park like Joe Hart there Colin yeah seen that sorry right? Kev when we played Caledonian Braves somewhere in Motherwell was this an AstroTurf somewhere in Motherwell that we, that we played them eh? so I, I don't know I don't think it's I don't think it's caught fire the way that people imagined it it hasn't caught fire with me eh, Truthfully, I'm, I'm glad I'm watching this game today because it is a decent standard. But Caledonian Braves are are made up of young laddies who have been rejected from football academies. Mm-hmm. So, used to be called so, Edu Sport Academy. So this again, for me, is a perfect grounding for 16 to 18 year olds at Celtic. Thing is, Kev. We're talking about the kind of commercial aspect that I think would be held as a carrot to a lot of these clubs in the league. But really, the more important thing is the development of the players, isn't it? Yeah, Celtic point of view, it's the development of the players. Yeah. Um, And they're playing against guys who are 27, 28. It seems like a decent enough level. But I didn't want to see Celtic 19, 20-year-olds playing at that level. I want to see them play at a higher level. I'm quite happy for guys at 16, 17, 18 to be playing at this level. And I'm I'm not no, no downgrading this level whatsoever. I'm just having a look at it from a Celtic point of view. Didn't Held play a few games, Colin, this season at this level? He must have been looking at it, and I don't mean disrespectfully, but he must have been looking at this thinking, I'm higher than this level. And today, playing in the FA Cup would probably prove that. Um, Do you think Hazard's in that boat as well, international caps, etc.? You know, he's played against Clyde this season at this level. Do you think was, that was the only game he was eligible for? That's yeah. the thing because of the way that the rules have been set. Because that was a cup season. game, wasn't it? Yeah, because that was the um, whatever what was it the SPFL Charity Cup or something it's called now. But James Anderson's invested in it, right? Um, so that Iron Brew equivalent. Petrofact, uh, that one, the yeah. one that used to have the teams from all over the UK intern as well. Yeah. Ah, yeah. it's had so many names. Oh, nearly two 0 to Celtic there. Um, Decent effort. Do you know you were speaking about that, Kevin? About maybe taking like your boy in that along, and I was re- trying to think back to see the start of the season when we all renewed our season books. We were told there was so many benefits that was going to be included mm. as part of the the season ticket this year. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I th- I really did think that there was meant to be something to do with the B team in it, but there's not been. 
But then why why shouldn't there be? And the, the women's team, why not? I mean, they're now looking to try and create a new market for for two Celtic branded teams. Why not have it all part of the additional benefits of oh, being a season oh, ticket holder? Two 0 again, great save from the. They're the turning the screw now, aren't they? Um, but what, that's what I was looking at. So I, I I did think that there was going to be one of the B team games that get played at Celtic Park this season that you'd have been able to get along. I do to, remember that actually. If yeah, crowds were permitted, but. Yep. Um, just looking back at it there, I did have to look it up to make sure it was accurate. That wasn't the case. It was only just a women's team's game. Right. So there is still one women's team game to be played on at Celtic Park this season. Um, I mean, obviously we're playing this at eight, well, This is at Airdrie as well, so we'll be paying the Airdrie rent yeah. uh, for the stadium. But was this not part of the Barrafield deal that they were they were putting in a stand at Barrafield? That's what they're working on at the minute. They got the, the planning approved. Aye, because this is a community stadium now, isn't it? So Airdrie actually probably won't benefit. It's a bit like Clint. As a council, isn't it? Yeah. But you're right. Aye, that was what the Barrafield... Uh, so th- it's a long-term project. There's a lot of these things that, that sound great, but it's not going to happen overnight. I just think that as a fan... If I'm looking at that level thinking I don't fancy it, it's too cold, Kev, because, you know, I mean, there's snow in the park there. We're in sunny, sunny Dalkeith, there's no snow here. Um, or they've not bought into the women's game, and we've seen that on a lot of the comments when we've covered the women's the women's game as well, Kev. Maybe having that access to the games would get more people's buy-in. What do you reckon? That was a great well, finish by Dawson. That was a good finish. Quick, quick feet. feet. Very, very quick feet. Quick feet, two nothing uh, Ben Wiley, actually, that put that in, was it not? Number oh, was eight? it? Was it number eight? Number eight, Ben Wiley, who put in the fantastic assist for the, ah, yeah, the yeah. first goal as well. Just as Held comes off for Leeds United, by the way, in the first team against FA, uh, in the FA Cup against West Ham. Bit of a mix-up in the defence, and Wiley just takes a touch to take it in the goalkeeper and tap it into the empty net, and it was it's really good feet he's got. I mean, he scored against Caledonian Braves, um, when we played them last time out in the 3-2 victory and he's coming back to haunt them again today with a goal and an assist. He's only playing 45 minutes and I'm sure Caledonian Braves will be delighted at that because he's tearing them apart at times. Uh, the first touch was good there. He got a wee bit lucky with the second one. The guy sort of dived in eh? and I think he knows that himself with that wee cheeky laugh that he's got there <laughs> on the way back to the halfway line. He's a, he looks a big fella, eh? Ah, he's he a looks a commanding figure, eh? He's uh, a they've given it to Dawson. Good, good. Listen, I'm going to bring up some of the comments for anybody who's getting involved. Obviously, we're doing a watch along, but you can talk about anything Celtic related um, or, you know, just throw in any other questions that you have. And that's exactly what Love It has done. Kevin and Colin can't see the, the actual stream, but he likes Kev's T-shirt. Kev, over to you. Talk us through it. This T-shirt is from a company called CS Terrace Tees. Uh, you'll find them on Twitter. And it's, uh, it celebrates the original firm of Gary Oldman. Mm. And uh, I'm going to call him Asif, but I think that was his Grange Hill name, the guy who played him. Uh, and it's uh, the famous moment when he, when he turns up and... Turns up, uh, the firm, the West Ham fans are, go- are, are going to find uh, the Charlton fans and he turns up with a half Celtic, half West Ham bobble hat on. <laughs> and, uh, and Gary Oldman goes, go, goes to him, what the F have we got to do with Celtic? That's interesting. That's <laughs> in, I, love, I love Celtic references, sometimes random in movies, Kev. Um, that's, so there's two things I want to pick up on there. The first one, I used to get a bus... Uh, in the Westfield village of Oakley called Ding's Bus because the guy who drove it was called Ding. And this guy used to get on it and he had the West Ham 
badge tattooed on his forearm. Mm-hmm. But he, he never lived up here and he went and followed Celtic. Can I remember his name? He had a, a chippy van, which on the back had the motto, Yippy, Yippy, it's the chippy. I don't know if it still oh, yeah. does in the West uh, Westlake villages, but if it is, <laughs> let me know what the chips are like. Um, but he was a he was a West Ham stroke Celtic fan. So I mean, back then you seen a lot more of the half and half hats, which were a different thing from the half and half scarves that mm-hmm. you see these days. Um, and I remember seeing Everton ones, uh, West Ham, Liverpool, Manu. Very little Man United. Aye, not as many I as. I mean, yeah. you look around, in 1984, there was a load of Everton ones appeared because of Rapid Vienna mm-hmm. and Everton fans having the banner. Uh, at Rotterdam, it should have been Celtic. So, around about that time, I remember going to the games and used to see a lot of half and half Celtic and Everton hats. Then, obviously, he, he did he, he did always have the Merseyside connection with Douglas as well. Yeah. Uh, but but a lot of people wouldn't, wouldn't actually think that. I used to see blue hats in the jungle and the. the the Celtic end as well. You never seen many Celtic West Ham hats, and no. I remember watching the fun for the first time. It obviously, I think it's got something to do with the writer is uh, <laughs> putting a, a, a Celtic reference mm-hmm. for some some reason. Eh? Um, but it's a very very good thought. It's a, I mean, there's some quality British actors in the original version of the in the original version of the fun. Mate. Wait, is it streaming anywhere at the moment? I don't. Is know. it on Prime? Perhaps that, that's probably where you would know. find it. It's a great performance by Gary Oldman, mm-hmm. an absolutely fa- fantastic performance by Gary Oldman in it. Um, obviously, it's a bit, doesn't it glorify it, but you, you've got the whole sort of, they were dressed as yuppies and all of that, and whether that happened in the East End, South, South East of London at yeah. that time is very, very difficult. Uh, I, didn't, I don't, do not know, I wasn't involved in it, I was never, <laughs> never a yuppie and I was never a member of the ICC, as they're actually called in this version of the fun. Um but uh, it's a decent it's a decent watch and I, I loved it. I loved the the when I saw it I said I'm gonna buy that. That's a really good uh, you know another film from I think it was probably oh, into the nineties oh, Kev. Sorry. Uh that's because he was showboating a wee bit eh? so he's taking a kick for it, uh, the young lad. Um I think it was probably the nineties but I I did love ID with Shadwell. Shadwell mm. Shadwell Army mm-hmm. uh, Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I can't remember the boys saying name. Again, a lot of these, a lot of these, a lot of these ones are rubbish, eh? Uh, what, when you watch them back? When you watch them back, right? So it's no aged well. I don't, I don't think IDs aged well. Oh, I need to rewatch it because I, I, I was a big was. fan. I've got to say. Uh, I, I mean, you, some of them are terrible. What was the one with the wee Hobbit? And it was it Green Street? Green Street, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought it was poor well, first time round. Ross McCall's in that. Ross McCall's in that. Green Street. Was he on the Endless Celts or something? He was. I had the chance to watch it. No, good guess. A lot of these football culture ones haven't they actually 
aged well at all, eh? I don't know, I quite like Green Street. Although, when you look at it, obviously, with some of my main characters at Green Street, Charlie Hunnam, they want to have a fantastic career off the back of it, do you know what I mean? And it's got, a, I'd say, one of the kind of most underrated UK actors in it, and uh, is it Leo Vicar? Oh, aye, aye. Oh, uh, oh good effort. Who good plays Bobber in um, Green Street. He's a fantastic actor. Him. There's a lot of stereotypes in these films. Oh, aye. Especially, the, especially the ID one, there's a, there's a lot of stereotypes. The, Who do you think's the most underrated uh, Scottish actor, Kev? I'm going to say Simon Weir. I love Simon. If I didn't say Simon Weir, now you'll batter me. Jailhouse. Remember that day in the Stirling studio when he started giving us the jailhouse part? That's half-time, Celtic 2, Caledonian Braves now. A uh, good first half. Dominant. Very dominant. The, Very dominant. From the B team of the Colts. One player we've not spoke about who I've actually been really impressed with is number seven, Brian ah, Davidson. 100%. I think he's been very effective. Very that good. Right hand very side. good. Uh, you can see him kind of talking to Dawson as they're coming off there. It was Dawson that's uh, he's, he's got a he's wearing the nine instead of... Uh, they, the, they numbers are terrible on the back of the kit. Uh, ah, do you yeah. think they'd stick the name on the back of them as well? You know what, the number seven that you're, you're talking about there, I think he's probably been the player of the half, um, uh, Davidson. Um, but he does yeah, put him in mind as Stefan Bond. Mm-hmm. The, the curtains, eh? Very 1990s curtains, eh? Yeah, talking of 1990s, I'm going to have to dig out the uh, idea again. Other uh, random Celtic appearances in movies or, or TV or film, give us a shout uh, because it, there's been so many of them and I do love them, especially when you completely don't expect it. Sneaky Pete. Lost, isn't it? Lost, yes. yes. The, Sing, the Celtic song. Uh, love all that stuff. Uh, I'd like to see a compilation of them. So throw it up in the comments section and we'll see if we can. Um, get them up on the, the, the chat. Shameless as well. There's a Celtic, there's a wee not the view statue. Uh, is it the is Armageddon the one where they're watching the, the the Ryan Giggs testimonial on the TV? I see that. No, is it the day after tomorrow? Is it what is it? Uh, the day some, after, some disaster. One or two of them, they're watching the Ryan Giggs testimonial, Celtic Man United. Brilliant. Now, um, Peter McDonald comes in to remind us that Leo Held started for Leeds today, absolutely, which is, um, it is it's appropriate to what we are talking a fair bit about today in terms of development of players coming through. We were talking about the goalkeepers earlier on. We would expect a wee bit of movement um, on the goalkeeper front because we now have seven, we counted seven goalies within the first team and the B team. We've spoken about Hazard. Kev, let's have a wee chat about the talents that we've not been able to hold on to. Um, and the next one coming through, I guess, that uh, will be getting a lot of attention at the moment is young Rocco Vata, uh, the namesake, uh, obviously, of his old man. People will remember Rudy fondly from the 1990s era. He's come through, and I don't know if you remember, but I got a Facebook memory today. Uh, four years ago, we interviewed Rudy down at the penalty spot in Sword yes. Street in Glasgow. And Rudy was a tremendous guest. Unbelievable story. Um, all about how he sought asylum whilst playing for Albania against France. Um, and he, he's playing away from home. He's playing a French team that I think comprised of the likes of Basil Bolly. Maybe Ginola was kicking about. That's me just getting my Ginola mention in there. Um, and what he's done, as soon as he's came off the park, him and I think another three or four Albania players went straight to the police station and sought asylum. Uh, and from there, he started playing football in France. He signs for Liam Brady. The rest, as they say, is history. He came over with very little. Um, and I think Rudy Vata has become a cult hero, would you think, Colin? Yeah, he's part of our cult hero team, for sure, right? Eh? Aye, definitely, Rudy. Has and one of the best guys ever, Kev, 
to actually have a chat with that played with Celtic. So humble. He is. Um, it's, it's, what, a, what a story. And it's something that I remember when we signed him in the 90s, it, it wasn't really publicised, his story, the backstory. Maybe it was. Maybe I, my memory's just playing tricks on me there. Eh? Uh, but... Aye, he is a very, very humble guy. I mean, he's got the president of Albania right into Celtic. Um, his young lad, he's tearing up that league at 16 years What do we do with him? That's a big question. What do you do? How do you keep him happy? You have to show him, a, I'm going to use a word pathway because I've heard that quite a lot over, over, over the last uh, couple of months. I mean, the reason that the guys like Liam Morrison and Barry Hepburn and that left for left for Bayern Munich, one is Bayern Munich, and you can't really knock back Bayern Munich when they come knocking, but was because Bayern Munich had a plan for them. Mm-hmm. Bayern Munich could put it and say, this is where you're going to be. This is what we plan on doing with you. Uh, by this point, we expect you to be here. And I don't think Celtic have got that. I don't think Celtic have got... Uh, that, that's ridiculous. I've got that sort of structure yeah. in place whatsoever. I mean, we, we laugh at the clubs I mean, that, that have loan managers. I mean, we were linked with a loan manager often enough. Enzo Maresca. Uh, Enzo Maresca and also the guy who was meant to come from Man City to be a director of football as well. Fergal. Aye, Fergal. Harkin. Harkin. He was a loan partnership manager. Mm-hmm. So these clubs... Even Gary Caldwell, before he left for Hibs, was... He was in Newcastle. Yeah. No, Man City, I think it was, mate. Was it Man City? Yeah. Wow. Looking after the loan players. So, obviously, but that's that, that's a money farm for them. That's a way that they get around financial fair play rules, that they actually make money off these guys. But it shows that these they've got a plan for these young laddies. Mm. And I don't think we have. And it's one of these things, you, um, you look at VAR, we've got to have a pathway for VAR. Absolutely. Yep. Now, we've got to show them. Did we ever have a pathway for Karaboko Dembele? He was back training uh, yesterday and I yeah. noticed, noticed in the pictures. Did we ever have a pathway for him? No, we probably didn't. This, just... this kind of goes back to the whole thing that we were talking about, about the the structure of where we play in the league. Who would have known about Rocco Vata? Because he'd have been playing under-18s football. Aye. And under-18s football doesn't get spoke about on the social media channels, it doesn't get spoke about on Celtic TV, it doesn't get spoken about on the website. Who would have actually known that they've got a talent like well, Rocco Vata to go through? Obviously, Bayern Munich know that Celtic produced talent. Not <laughs> <laughs> obviously, clubs, other clubs at Leeds United know that we produced talent. Who else has went? Brighton, David's nephew. Went to Brighton. So, clubs in Britain know that we produce talent. It just seems that Celtic. I'm sure he went to Watford, mate. Is it Watford? Yeah. I get mixed up with the amount of guys that actually leave. Uh, obviously, they know that we, that we produce talent. The Celtic know that we produce talent. The Celtic know what to do with the talent that they're actually producing. Is, is there something to be said about, like, you take a look at when players come through at Celtic, right? So, obviously, the, the kind of biggest player that's come through this season or the season before, you'd say, can you maybe be Adam Montgomery? Someone who's sort of broke into the first team been given his chances. That was a post Dubai entrance, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. But you look at it, right? So we're talking about Adam Montgomery now. He wouldn't be a first choice left back. And he wouldn't be a first choice sort of left forward. Has he progressed he in that one year enough, do you think, Colin? I think he has, just by virtue of the fact that he's now a first team member. Right, so he's a first team member, right? But see if you get the option to loan him out in January, would you do it? 
Probably, particularly because of the performances of Liam Scales, right. I would say. So you've got so for every Adam Montgomery coming through, we're buying a Liam Scales. Yeah, half a million quid. Yeah. So it's either you, you kinda you know that these boys are going to take six, twelve, eighteen months to get to the level that they need to be. The way that we accepted it with Kieran Tierney because we had he's a geary to fall back on. Mm-hmm. And you say, well, do you know what? We can allow him to get half an hour here. He'll play this game. He'll play that game. If he keeps a run of form going, then he'll be your first choice. And then if there's any ever any injury, you can turn to somebody else. I don't think there is someone that's there for Adam Montgomery coming through at the minute because Greg Taylor is somebody that really splits the fan base. Mm. I know you, you think he's a, a solid defender. I think he's a solid defender as well. But when you saw the announcement of when he got his four-year contract, Celtic fans were going absolutely nuts. So why are we giving this guy a new deal? And then, I mean, volleyball and golly speaks for itself. We, we saw what happened with him. I think his Celtic career is over. So is there? can you take that risk with an Adam Montgomery at the minute? And is that what it comes down to when you're bringing through young players? Is Well, we've got someone who's number one at that at the minute. This is the guy we see to be the number one in the future. We can bring them through because they're almost at a similar level. We don't have that. I think that's why you don't see someone coming in through the midfield. Like Ewan Henderson is a great example. Him and Liam both came through as really highly rated prospects in the middle of the park. They were both players who, when you saw they the played 90 minutes for Celtic, they never looked out of place. But were they going to be there consistently for the 90 minutes? Because... They were behind guys like Encham, Beaton. I'm trying to think of others that were there at the time of Liam coming through. They, they, had, they had a fair amount of traffic. In Aye. Front of Whereas with Kieran Tierney, it was him and he's a Geary and that was it. See, when you're talking about that, again, interestingly enough, if you check out the clip section of the YouTube channel, we've uploaded the, the very question uh, of Callum McGregor's development and how uh, going out on loan was pivotal to his development. And, you know, he talks about the fact that, you know, a lot of that comes to, comes down to the player. So you get the opportunity to go out and loan and you've got to embrace it rather than look upon it as saying it's a, it's basically one foot out the door uh, in terms of your Celtic career coming to an end. And a lot of players, I'm, I'm sure, look at the loan, loan moves like that. So when you get a player like Henderson, who's had a couple of loan deals, I think Ross County was the big test for him, Colin. When he goes to, waste. you know, he goes to Ross County, waste. and you compare that the impact or lack of to Held and where both players are now. Mm. And I know there's there's a few years between them, but Held went out there. He impressed. He had the manager probably overstating his performances, but he came out and praised them big time. Henderson went there and almost disappeared at Ross County. Mm. And in fact, was the loan deal not cut short? It was cut short. Eh? Then, so, he went, then he went to Dunfermline. He went to the Pars after that. He went to Dunfermline and struggled at the start, but was one of Dunfermline's key players uh, towards the tail end of that season. See, when we're talking about midfielders, right, we always spoke about for about four or five years when we knew Scott Brown was coming towards the end of his Celtic career. Who is the next Scott Brown? We kept saying, who's going to be the guy that comes through? Who who are we working on in the background that's going to be the next Scott Brown? See, when you ask Scott Brown that, he, he kept mentioning players from the youth team. Mm. And time after time after time, the one player that he mentioned is someone that's not even at Celtic anymore, in Regan Hendry. Mm-hmm. Regan Hendry, he always said, was the guy, especially when Brown went down and coached the reserves. He was the one that he says, 
keep an eye out for him. He's going to be the one that comes through and makes it, and he could potentially be the new me in that team. Where's he now? He's at a Scottish Championship club, I think. So, on that note then, Vincent Angelini, uh, the interesting thing about Angelini is he's had his big move to Watford, Kev, and he was a, an alumni or an incent- contempt- contemporary of the aforementioned uh, Karamoko. So who who's progressed more, would you say? Angelini? Or, I mean, they played in the uh, the Mark Overmarsh tournament together. I think Angelini got goalkeeper of the tournament. Then Billy got the player of the tournament. So they, they played in the same team, came through the ranks, and apparently are good mates. He's down at Watford, um, uh, progressing down in the, the under-23s down there. And you've got Dembele coming back for training. But I would suggest, but by staying at Celtic, Dembele... And, and where he is in terms of, if he's fit, he'll be in the first-team squad. He'll be in Celtic's first-team squad this season if he's fit. You would like to think so, eh? Mm. He's got to. He's, he's maybe he, not progressed as much as we would have liked. He, no, he's definitely not progressed as much as we like. Um, he's had a serious injury this year because this this year was going to be a big, big year for him. That was yeah. a really bad tackle pre-season. Uh, it, it was a shocking challenge. And again, that's probably held him back. But then last year held them all back as well because of just what was happening, yep. <laughs> like and uh, the whole club. But the player himself must be getting. You, you were talking about he, these guys, the Celtic, the football department must sit in a room and go right. What about this one? What mm-hmm. we going to do? And Paul was talking about how going on loan is actually viewed. If you say to Adam Montgomery, by the way, you're going to we, we're going to send you on loan. Because we see you being a first team starter in a couple of seasons, and we want you to go and prove that you can actually do it at this level. Mm-hmm. At the moment, there's two guys in front of you, and you're not going to get the minutes that, that we want you to get. So you're not going. I mean, I'm sure they actually that, that they do actually get told that when they go out on loan, but I, I don't. I, I don't think Celtic have got a clear pathway. I, I don't think Celtic have got a clear plan. When they actually go like that, and maybe maybe us as fans have got to look at it as well. Aye, wait a minute, Scott Brown's leaving. I will need to sign a replacement. And Celtic company went or that. No, you're going to see enough of this boy. And in the middle of the park, who's going to say he can actually step in and go the minutes? Ange Postecoglou's style is going to mean a lot of rotation. Mm-hmm. So there is going to be minutes for these lads if, if they're going to if they're going to get that. But I, I agree with you. I think if Celtic see Adam Montgomery as a, a le- the future left back, then he's got to go out and But you take a look at it as well, right? So obviously we're we're, we're speaking all things Celtic today, and um, one of the things that seemed to break earlier on this morning was that Celtic seemed to be closing in on a deal for uh, for. Riley McGree, I believe his name is, the Australian internationalist, was on loan at Birmingham uh, City this uh, first six months of the season. He plays for Charlotte FC in the MLS, and by all accounts, the deal's meant to be in the region of roughly £2 million. It's between ourselves and Middlesbrough, and uh, Ange Postacoglu's sort of influence, I believe, will see him make his way up to Glasgow. Mm. Now, that's another midfielder. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. 
Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas. Visit cox.com slash internet for details. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Now, we're talking about we've brought in Hitati as a midfielder. We've brought in Edigucci as a midfielder. And then you're talking about bringing in uh, McGree as a midfielder. And we'll speak about McGree again in a minute and how some people may not know who he is, but we'll definitely see him before. Mm-hmm. Um, that's three midfielders we've brought in, potentially, this window. And we've said goodbye to Liam Shaw out on loan. You've you've got guys like Tom Rogic, you've got Nia Beaton, who's had probably one of his best six months in a Celtic jersey so far this season. Um, David Turnbull, obviously injured at the moment. Um, all all these other guys that are out on loan. Now, we looked at Ben Wiley here today, and he said a fantastic first half, 19 years old. Where is that pathway? There isn't going to be one for someone like that. There isn't a pathway there for Ben Wiley. So... Is it a fact that we're not actually looking at our youth development to say they're the guys that's going to come through because although we're watching them today and we're thinking they're good enough, they're not seeing it day in, day out at Lennox time to suggest that when they make that step up, they're going to be the ones that can compete at the same level as a, a Tom Rogic, as a Carl McGregor, as a Nidaguchi, as a, also, a Tati. Also, Colin, are we just in the, in the middle of a vast Ange Postacoglu rebuild where he is going to actually need to focus on the first team at the moment and bring in the guys that he wants? Then once he's got that sorted, then he starts looking below. Yeah, you, you, if that's the case, you probably lose a generation. That's the only thing, isn't it? You, well, you're going to lose guys like we're seeing here right now because they'll end up going elsewhere. Isn't this exactly why the the Colts team are in the, the league pyramid for players who are 18 or 19? Is that not the perfect place for them? Is that better than under-18 football? I might be wrong, but I, I, I don't know enough about youth, youth football, but I think 18 19s too old for them to be playing lower league football. But I, t- I think it has to be for, for 16-18. I, I don't know. I think you're taking a look at the guys. I mean... When you're looking at this uh, Caledonian Brave side, it's sort of different because they, they pick up a lot of guys that maybe come out of Celtic's youth system. There's two ex-Celtic. Uh, two ex-Celtic, two ex-Rangers, two ex-Motherwell, I think they, they mentioned earlier. But a lot of these guys that are playing junior level are playing at the Lowland League level. They're guys that have probably been playing for Hamilton, dropped down to Stenhouse Muir, played a couple of seasons at Breakin, and then they've now got a job, so they're part-time playing for Bonnie Rig or they're playing for um, Gretna 2008 or something like that. This is a slightly different side that you're seeing Celtic against. When Celtic come up against these guys, I watched the first game of the season um, where we were speaking, obviously, Amy Canavan's part of the commentary team at uh, Bonnie Rig Rose. And they, they had guys, the youngest player in that Bonnie Rig side was 28 years old. And you're coming up against guys that's Celtic had Rocco Vata playing at 15 at that point. They had um, other boys that were 15, 16, 17. That's a major step up because at 15, 16, they're not going to go out on loan and get a game for Clyde. They're not going to go out on loan and get a game for that's what, that's what I'm saying. Park. So that, that, That's what I'm saying, Colin. That's what I'm maybe meaning. I'm meaning that if you if you sign a professional contract at Celtic and you're 16, 17, you should be playing for the Colts. And but if you're 18, 19, there's got to be another progression path for you. So then, if you come to say 19, 
where does your Celtic career go? Because we spoke about earlier, like if you're 19 and you're not in the first team squad, is that you? Does that mean that you are? Because there's no reserve team, there's no under 23s, there's no anything like what you see down south. So if you're cutting the level at 19, which by the way isn't too far off where you are for the B team, because you can only have one player that's in their 20s playing for you. Uh, that is part of the rules, but there is a, this group of players. You're, you're Kerr McEnroy's, you're, um, you're Luca Connells, who, and people not like me saying that, like Paul, because he knows I always say there is only one Luca Connell, there's only one Brody Patterson, etc. But there has to be somewhere for these guys. So you look at Man City, who have these loan coaches, mm. and they use the players that they bring through to generate revenue for the club. Maybe that's something Celtic need to do. Maybe we, oh, we, well, that's a great ball through. Oh, oh, oh taking it around the goalkeeper is offside. He's offside. Yes. When you get to 19 and 20, if you're not in the first team squad, you accept that you're going to be at Celtic, but your future isn't going to be at Celtic. You're not more. So there, there has got to be something there. I think you can have a lowland league and you can still have a reserve team at Celtic. I still think you can have a reserve league. I think the reserve league is badly missed. It's something that will never return, though, because it, it was a financial issue that for many clubs, and that's the reason it disappeared. And it was so short-sighted by those clubs for it to disappear. When you look at the amount of money it cost to run uh, a team in the reserve league, and I think that we're so far gone now when you're looking at... Uh, Teams, Kevin, who have wound up a, a second tier or even a youth system within, uh, you know, teams like Falkirk, who would have had a reserve team for years, decades, right? And they don't even have a youth, a youth set up now. And that will never return to a reserve league because clubs will never be able to financially support it. Celtic will be able to. Uh, other teams, maybe four or five teams would. But, you know, is, is, in terms of the reserve league, I think it all hinges on where the uh, the B team are playing next season. If it's in the league um, pyramid, then they'll be looking to progress through the leagues to get that standard higher. Mm-hmm. What at what point are you at the standard where you're playing kind of reserve old time reserve team football? Kev, is it Championship? And I'm not being disrespectful there because obviously you're playing against teams. I, I remember Celtic playing Rangers and they had Peter Van Vossen playing centre forward for them. Dutch international. That's the reserve team. Um, you used to get twenty thousand at these games. So if it's more of a long-term view and they're able to climb through the leagues because this is a one-off season to see how it, how it works. Um, at what stage do you think we're at that level where you're quite happy for an 18, 19, 20-year-old Colin to be playing what, in, a, in essence, is a reserve game for your B team in the championship? Yeah, I mean, you take a look at, and I know it's not the best of examples, but you take a look at the Barcelona and Real Madrid B and C teams that are coming through the Spanish pyramid system. And you look at guys that are coming through that um, Barcelona team now, obviously not the Barcelona team we've all kind of watched over the last 10 years, um, but guys like Sergio and Dest and um, even like, um, was it Guavi is the new kind of star player that's coming through there? 17-18, they were still playing for the B team as well. Messi was still playing for Barcelona's B team at 19 and 20. So there is, if the standard of football is good, which... Scottish lower league football can have a good standard of football. I honestly think the most competitive league in Scotland year after year is the Scottish Championship because there's about six or seven teams that can actually go and win that league. League one and league two, there's still some quality players coming through there. Okay, it's maybe guys that have been 
in their 30s that are now playing part-time football because they've got a, a job. Guys like Rory McAllister, who scored, what, 200 goals in his career. He, was yeah. score, he scores for fun. There is some quality that still comes through there. That's the one big thing that I think is missing from playing at this level, Colin, right? And and the players that I've spoken to who are ex-pros in the past who have come through, they speak about learning from that grizzly old pro that's maybe coming back for injury, out of favour, um, just about out the door, but they've got all this experience. And I remember talking to, remember Stuart Balmerkev, he played right. with Celtic, he moved on to Charlton. He became a Charlton legend, he actually. Uh-huh. He ended up playing with Wigan as well. He went into coaching and management. And he was talking about playing reserve league football uh, at centre-half alongside Tom McAdam, who at that stage would have been in his late 30s, maybe even touching 40. But they used to do that. And we then spoke to Brian McClare. There's another name drop, um, again, for the Claxon, who, when he was at Man United for all those years in the academy, Kev, he wanted it to be something they had to do. They had to play players over a certain age in their kind of reserve team. Uh, and I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. You know, you imagine what you would learn. You couldn't learn it on a training pitch. You couldn't learn it out of a, a training manual, but playing alongside guys that have been there and done it. I know, and before I kind of answer that, Brian McClure's a lost to Scottish football. Yeah. That he's not involved in mm. some capacity in Scottish football because he couldn't work a PowerPoint. But he didn't want to work a PowerPoint, whatever the whatever way you want either to look way. at it. Either way, he's a, he's a loss. Remember, he remember when Greenock that night, Colin? He was brilliant, oh, wasn't he? He was absolutely superb. PowerPoint or no? I gave him a mic and that was all he needed. You can't have somebody who's worked in one of the best academies in world football kicking about doing nothing. And the SFA brought him out just because he's Brian McClure. I think uh, it says more about the SFA. Can uh, it? it says everything you need to know about the SFA yeah. that. Um, Aye, uh, we do miss it. You do, you do miss the reserve league. You also miss when you you have a look at the guys coming back. You you you're having a look at the guys coming back in the first team squad yesterday, and you're going, well, who's Christopher Julian going to get games to get himself fit? Mm. Who's Karimoko Dembele Dembele going to get games to get himself fit? But then I'm going to go back to a point point you made there, Colin. Was you're talking about guys like Keir McInroy? Mm-hmm. Keir McInroy is playing in the Colts team at 21, 22. Known full well, he's only there to make up the numbers, and yep. I hope that is a younger player that's going to make that first team. Mm, he's in that purgatory area. Uh, uh, he's only there to make up the numbers, so that's no good for that player either. And maybe Celtic have got to make harder decisions at 18 19 for these guys. And the hardest decisions for me is if there's no reserve league, these guys go out and loan, and you've got a loan pathway for them. Mm-hmm. And that, that that's what do we have a loan manager? No, no, no. So they're basically Rangers just have one. they've got players playing all over the place. Sometimes yeah, even let's, let's know, let's know. Rangers had one for a couple of seasons. I know that because my my cousin played for Rangers youth system and he was part of the let's, the, the kind of loan thing. Let's not beat about the bush here. When Rangers have uh, appointed the, their director, the guy that they got for Southampton, Ross Wilson. Ross Wilson. They're in far better shape behind the scenes than what we are. At what at what kind of stage? At what level are we talking? That, that's one example, perhaps, with the loans. Where else do you think of? I think when you have a look at the, the number of youth players that they've actually got that are at a higher level than the Celtic youth players, mm. I think I think there's a I think there's now a gulf between Celtic and Rangers. And I think Amy will back us up on that for what she's seen in the Lowland League this season. Uh, I also think that... How many years do you reckon that took, then, Kev, to create that, that gap? I, I'm... Uh, <laughs> 
It's less than five, isn't it's it? It's less than a five. I definitely mm. a less than five. So it's salvageable. It's of course it's salvageable. Oh, that, oh, That's a great ball. Oh, Brilliant oh, ball. Okay. That was excellent because it wasn't what you expected. Them no, to do. no. Again, coming from Davidson down the right hand side, there sets it back to the edge of the box, and it was just unlucky that they, I think it came off maybe the. The Braves defender on the line. I expected Davison actually to play it for uh, Dawson through the middle. That was that looked that looked like the. Ball it did. It was the obvious there. pass, wasn't it, Kev? Aye, that was obvious. So this is all part of the structure we've been banging on about, then, Kev. You know the football department. Aye, it is, and like it's something that we seem to have. We maybe got stale. Like, I think we got complacent with the folk that are there. We got complacent for a few years, yeah. Is Poster Coglu the man maybe to come in and shake things up a bit by like saying to guys like Darren O'Day, like you're buying into this mm-hmm. and this is the way that I want it done. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see the players quicker and easier and clearer who are going to fit in a Poster Coglu system. It's no longer, I think, acceptable, Kev, for a club like Celtic every few years to bring through one player. And if you look at the, you know, the academy setup since it um, has been running the way it is just now, and the amount of players that have come through, albeit they've been tremendous when they've come through. Uh, even if you want to go back to McGeady, for example, right? And you talk about Tierney, right? So you make twenty five million pound off Tierney. So do we expect uh, no one else to come through for a few years because you made twenty five million pound off of that one player? You want players to come through regularly don't you? I mean, you want there to be a contingent of players making that step up on a regular basis. It can't be every two or three seasons. You, you, didn't want, you don't want to be bringing in guys where you've got massive questions about them. Mm-hmm. You want to bring guys through with fun. You go, they're going to do a job mm-hmm. for us. They are, they're maybe not going to be outstanding. They're maybe not going to be like first-team players, like the outstanding first-team players, but when you need them, they're going to come in and do a job. And we have the go. You uh, and Henderson's went to Hibs. And we'll never know if he could have played for Celtic or not because there's a lot of unanswered uh, questions. Hmm. There's massive unanswered questions. Don McGeer. Yeah. We, we didn't have we didn't have Rangers in a league for five or six, whatever number of scenes it was. And you've got Don McGeer who scored a wonder goal against St John uh, St Mum uh, at Celtic Park and Neil Lennon's first time there. Eh? And Neil, Neil remember Lennon him against Real Madrid. Neil Lennon. Ah, he was outstanding that day against Real Madrid. That that was a perfect opportunity for Celtic to actually go right. We've got an opportunity here. If anybody think that we, anybody that the coaches thought were going to make it, you had the perfect opportunity to actually bleed these guys into the side, and we never done it. Mm. We wasted a generational opportunity to actually get to make the academy look. Yeah, but see that generational thing you're talking about there, you look at that Celtic side and we're always, um, I think, very complimentary about the fact that you've got Forrest and McGregor, they're not the exact same age, but they're of the same kind of uh, era, age-wise. And then you're looking at players that are around about the 22 uh, mark, like Ralston and Johnston and, of course, Hazard, who's got first-team experience. And then you've got the, the younger guys coming through. We've seen a few of them this season. But what about that gap between Forrest and McGregor and, and the Ralston era? What I'm going to actually say there is, is, have we wasted it? Or just now we're actually producing high-quality players just for other teams mm. who come in and nick them at 16? Mm. Because we have got the the setup at Lennox Town, but I think we've got the, uh, the academy linked to the high school and all of that. The residential so, setup, so yeah. Are we now producing players of a but we just can't keep standard, them. but now we can't keep them? No, that's our problem. Well, the, see, the thing for me, right, is 
you look at the big teams and when they kind of, I say big teams, I don't mean that in a bad sense to the fact that Celtic's not a big team, but you look at the teams down south, uh, an Arsenal or a Manchester United, when they bring through a talent, it's generally a generational talent that they bring through. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct to consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. See, over the last couple of years at Man United, Marcus Rashford, Greenwood, Scott McTominay, at Arsenal, you get guys like Saka, Martinelli, guys that are coming through and you're thinking, they, they've obviously been in that youth system for a number of years. They've looked at the time of when to put them in and then they become the mainstays in that team. We don't do that at Celtic. The last person to do that was uh, Kieran Tierney. There's already talk of Saka moving to Liverpool. Eh? Just on that, on that note, I want to get more comments involved. Um, we've got a few bodies at the game. Who's all at the game? JP's at the game, Andy Rafferty. Uh, yep. I think Natasha's maybe Natasha's at the game. at the game as well. We've eh? got a few acts on bodies at the game. And uh, Andy is very, um, I'm very thankful for Andy because he's sending in some content from the game. Not action, but his reaction. And uh, I've been trying to put it up in the stream yard, hence the reason I was a wee bit quiet for five or ten minutes there, uh, for the stream so that you can see his reaction. But uh, I can't get it up because of the file type, but it is now on a YouTube channel, so have a look at that. And you can get Andy's half-time reaction to the first half. He'll be doing the same at full-time as well, um, because we do have a few uh, of the contributors at the game. Now, in terms of the comments section, thanks everybody for getting involved. It's a Bulletin with a difference. Today we are talking about the game, we're watching the game, but you can talk about anything Celtic related. Um, it would be absolutely great for you to get involved. Uh, we're even getting people involved on the Twitch channel today. So um, Sloth Lounge, Lounge Radio, Sloth Lounge Radio, up the hoops. Thanks for joining us uh, on the Twitch platform. It is fairly new on Twitch is a Celtic state of mind. Uh, maybe not the type of content you would expect to see on there. Uh, three guys talking about Celtic's B team, but uh, Owen McGrandles comes in. Paul McStay, 17, say no more. He was that generational talent you were talking about, yeah. though, Colin, wasn't he? He was a proper one-off. Um, I don't think we've produced, I would say we've not produced but, anything to that quality since. But, but three years before that, you've got Roy Aiken at 16. Well, we, we did have that conveyor belt at that time, yeah, though, Kev. Yeah. I mean... You can go right back. You can go back to the players that we produced in the 50s, the 60s, the 70s, and then the 80s. And I think it started drying up in the mid to late 80s. And that's when we stopped producing the same quality. And when you look at the players that came through in the 90s, Kev, you know, we did continually try and bleed them in with Brian O'Neill and Mark McNally, Jerry Craney, Stevie Fulton, different level of player. 
yeah, we, we Brian McLaughlin. Yeah. But they were a different level of player, Kev. They weren't the same standard as the, the ones we had seen mate. in the 80s. The club's an absolute mess at that point as well, eh? mm-hmm. So there's a... Uh, but then you bring, you bring through Simon Donnelly. At that time, Donnelly had all the talent in the world. But again, he was maybe in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, I still think we got we got enough out of him, though. When you look at the fact definitely. that he was still there when Tommy Burns comes in, he's still there as part of Vim Janssen's team. I think Donnelly can look back on his Celtic career and say that he'd done it justice. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. and of course he he had that period of time before coming to Celtic. He wasn't a, an academy player as such. We bring him in from Queens Park, put him on the ground staff. So it's a wee bit like the Tony Watt scenario where he's with a club. We bring him in, we put him into the that wasn't the academy back then. He was on the ground staff playing reserve team football. What 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 I will actually say going back to the Colts game that I'm watching, Joey Dawson's too good for this level. On this game, there's the example. <laughs> on this game, there's the example. Yeah, there's... and then Joey Dawson's nineteen. So if we go and follow the rules that you've got... And he's played for Stockport. Hi, Scunthorpe. Scunthorpe, sorry. We've always done that, though. We've always brought in these players from the lower leagues. Remember Josh Thompson and Greg Spence. He's going straight into... I think he's ready-made for this level. This this is the level. This is the bridge between where he's... And people might say that's disrespectful. Look how Scales has adapted. Scales is far too old, though. He's 23. I know. I know, but I'm, t- I'm talking about the level that he's coming for, Colin, you know. No, I know. Um, I mean, I don't want to talk too much about them, but Rangers signed a boy from Finland, from the same league as where they picked up Alfredo Morelos, as a Colombian 18-year-old, and threw him straight in. Paid £2 million for him and threw him straight into the B team. £2 million quid? Something like that, £2 million. Wow. Don't know if it was structured for £2 million or what it was, but... That was what the, the talk was at the time. And 30 instalments. 30 instalments. <coughs> well, or 25 pence. But they've thrown him straight into the B team and he's been the top, well, he's not been the top goal scorer, but he's been the, the striker that's been leading the line. So they're going and buying players from different leagues all over Europe and then throwing them in here. This is where it comes into how many... We're now buying players to put them in the B team. Aye. So, right, doing it as well. so we we done it with the guy... Lawal. Uh, Watford boy Boston Law, uh, who's unfortunately injured for today's game. We, we've done it with them. I'm, Dawson. I'm, I'm watching this game. I'm watching this game, and this is the first time I've watched the B team live. I've, I've watched the highlights, real and all of that. Eh? So already, I'm, I'm watching this. And I'm going. These young laddies for the Caledonian Braves can't handle Joey Dawson. Mm. So I, I'm, I'm automatically thinking, well, where can Joey Dawson go now? I've seen. Uh, Owen Moffat coming in the first team. Mm-hmm. So right away I'm going, well, Owen Moffat, it's not going to do his progress any good playing at this level anymore. But Kev... So where, where is he going to go? Was the, the jump for, for Moffat anyway, and we've not seen too many of them, do you think it was too big a jump at this stage for Owen Moffat? Yes. I think the start was a big jump yeah. for him. For the start, him yeah. The yep. start was a massive jump for him. I'm coming on, doing the wee cameos wasn't a big jump, but... Uh, the start against St Murn and the whole the whole the, the, the whole ridiculous in the St Murn game was yeah. far yeah. too big for him because he looked good against Ross County when he came on he did yeah. see, when, see when you think on it see like when James Forrest made his debut for Celtic 17 years old it was a home game against Motherwell Aye. do you know what I mean it, it was picked up towards the end of the season where there wasn't going to be that much pressure on him right now we're through, we had to throw Adam Montgomery in last season where the pressure was already on because the title was still still up for grabs at that point, let's mm-hmm. be honest. Um, you're then throwing in someone like uh, Owen Moffat away at Ross County because we're, we're struggling with injury and we had to win that game. 
and it took us right up to the 96th minute to do so. So these guys aren't going to get a chance to settle into the team. Mm-hmm. If they don't have a good performance, there's every chance they're back out and back down playing at this level again. Joey Dawson, I think he was fort- unfortunate not to score against St Johnston. But if he did score, would you see him back in this B team? Because I don't think he's ready to make the step up to the first team yet. And this is where we have this That's sort the of... Gap. Young lads. This, That's the gap. The gap. Yeah. And yeah. It goes but back to the conversation we had at the start of the, the programme is, where do you put them out on loan? I mean, that's <laughs> how how quickly could we progress through the leagues? That that would be the big question because it's obviously not a given that we're going to get promoted. If, if indeed promotion is uh, possibly after the season, Kev, because you're thinking there is a big gap, but that gap is going to be shortened the more progress you make as a B team through the leagues. Definitely. I mean, I, I, I think that aye, it, it is going to be. Uh, we will get better. And the players that come in will actually get better play, playing at that level, knowing that's the level level they're actually playing. I, I use the term man's football. And a lot of these guys, a lot of these young ladies, young lads here are playing man's football for the first time. 100%. <laughs> and, and it's going to be a complete eye-opener to some of them. So if you're 17 playing and you play 25 games in the Lowland League, one season, the following season, you're still in that B team, you know what to expect for another 30 games so you are going to improve hopefully mm-hmm. you, you, you actually are going to improve but we're sitting here three normal guys who have got no knowledge of youth football whatsoever and we can't come up with a solution and it seems that the guys in the top of Celtic can't come up with a solution either what do you do with the number of players that we've got and these guys are talented these boys that were watching the day were the best player at your school Oh, I heard like, that. See the thing, Kev. So it's like see, see the reserve league as a bridge. We know Robert Ingram's coming in. Reserve league needed. Well, we've spoke about the fact that it won't happen again because financially, there's not enough clubs in Scotland can afford that to happen, which is why it's no longer here. You remember the Fife Elite Development? Yeah, squad that folded last week. There you go. They've done it. They've done it with the Fourth Valley one. The Fourth Valley one folded um, a couple of seasons ago. But the, when, last, the last winners of the, the the sorry Paul, the last winners of the reserve league were Ross County, and they were playing 15, 16, 17 year olds. But see, when you look at this here, what we're watching just now, this is the the first signs of what is a more of a long term plan. I do think that a team like Celtic, because I'm only concentrating on what we're doing at the moment, I think we're looking at this and saying we want a team. Let's say in the championship. In Scottish football, we want a team in the second tier. They won't allow us to enter a team at that level. Therefore, we need to start oh. in tier five. But then you're at that in that quandary. Do you want to put enough investment in the team to get you through the leagues, to give you the opportunity of playing what you would regard as a reserve league level in the championship, Kev? Probably not at this time because Colin's talking about teams buying players for the fifth tier. I think if if there was the the um, the promotion element of it, you would probably see Celtic buying a higher calibre of player to try and get us through the leagues because that's more of a long-term project then. If you get a team in the Championship and they won't allow you to get promoted beyond the Championship, then that's your reserve team. That's your reserve team, but it's going to take a wee while to get there. Not just climbing through the leagues, 
but also the fact that there's no guarantee you're going to get promoted. I mean, this proves it. Uh, this team just now proves that there's no guarantee you're going to get promoted. No, there's no guarantee you're going to get promoted. And again, uh, this is it's probably been an eye-opener for some of these young lads who have been at Celtic four or five years. Now, now at the 1920 mark, all of a sudden they start playing, I'm going to use the term again, man's football. And going, what's mm. this? I mean, you see the number of under-23 players that have come up to English academies and look at a place at New Douglas Park. Yep. I'm actually thinking of Tyler Black at the... Oh, <laughs> oh another where is he now? Moment. Oh, cut, cut the stream, yeah. he's just mentioned the one. No. I remember that night when it was him and Dedrick Boyata yes. at New Douglas Park on a Friday night and both of them looked like they had never seen a football before. That might be one of the worst. We've had a few where are they now moments, and I've not actually checked them out, but I'm going to check that while you're talking, Kim. And for me, that's the problem that we've got. And this is this this will be a massive learning curve this season in the Lowland League. And for us to step up further would be a massive learning curve. We would get some safe faces. (laughs) Our young laddies would get some safe faces because they're not used to playing that type of football. (laughs) But that's where we need to go. If we want our guys to progress, that's where we need to go. I'm maybe not doing the Lowland League justice here, but I'm having a look at this going, Joey Dawson's too good for the Lowland League based on what I'm watching here. It's almost the way you're describing it, right, obviously, because you can only play up to, I think, you're 18, 19 in this league, right? But then we're speaking about guys like Kerr McEnroy and Luke O'Connell and uh, O'Connor and uh, Ross Duhan even, going back to another conversation. It's almost as if you need three teams because you've not got that league. So you need a team that's going to go no further than the Lowland League uh, for your boys that are kind of 16 to 18. Then you're going to need and a, then you're going to need a, a league a team, league, a league team eh? that's going to come through second, first and into the championship and that's going to be your... Your guys like a, a Joey Dawson. Basically, your low and league team is your Colts, Aye. and your B team is actually in the league. Is actually in the league set. You, you've got that in Spain, where Real Madrid have a a B C team, a Castilla team, a B team. Um, I think Barcelona are the same as well. I'm not sure if there's any other teams. Scottish football's not going to accept that. That's the no. problem. Who was Colin, the first manager to propose? That a Celtic reserve team was in the league, the league pyramid in Scotland. Taking oh, back a good while now, isn't he? Steam. Uh, Nineteen sixty-eight. The guy was a visionary. Now we're not going to go through this without talking about Cameron Harper, Tyler Blackett, and Ben Hutchinson. Some of the great names that both Colin and Kevin have brought up today. So where is Ben Hutchinson now? Was the question, and he's at a club called. This is a guy who played with Kilmarnock. Remember Middlesbrough, yeah, Celtic, Dundee on loan, Nuneaton Borough, Swindon Town, Lincoln, Mansfield Town, and he is now plying his trade, if that's what you would call it, with a team called. Long Eaton. Where are they in the English pyramid? I'm going to go with another conference side. Long Eaton United is I'm where he's playing. Counties League. Counties League. Southern Counties League or something like that. Let's have a look. United Counties League is where they are playing. What level is that in That's, the English uh, pyramid? Level nine, is it not? There we go. Is it level nine? It's off the scale. I can't even tell you. It's level nine to ten. That's where he is. He's only thirty-four. He's only thirty-four. Ben uh, Hutchison. Gordon Strachan signed him on it. So you're talking fifteen years ago. Level nine to ten. Man United. He did that. Oh my! In a Champions League game. Wow. So he got he got some uh, uh, minutes for Celtic as much as he shouldn't have. 
That's incredible. The wee boy Davison's had a great game today. Uh, he's, been out, he's been superb. He's been superb. Yeah, my man of the match, without a doubt. Tyler Blackett, can anyone tell me where he's playing his football? He went to Nottingham Forest after us. Did you know what you read it? He was there as well. I think he was actually was he went, quite well received at the Championship Clubs. I'm going to say he's still in the Championship. Remember, he was on loan at us, so he, he's gone back to Man U, then he signed for Reading, then Nottingham Forest, and he's now in Cincinnati. Oh. After a free transfer has taken him to Cincinnati and talking about uh, playing fair in the player. States, fair play to him indeed. Talking about playing in the States, the other player is Cameron Harper, of course, who went to Red Bull. Red Bull yeah. And I- I'm going to ask you the question. We've got a wee deal with Red Bull. New York Red Bull. Well, so New York Red Bulls, he's gone there, he's played seven first team games. Now, you'll Bearing in mind that was a year ago he played his first game, his first and only game for Celtic. Would he have played seven first-team games in the last year had he stayed? What do you think, Colin? No, but again, he was another one of these ones that was extremely well thought of at Celtic. He would have been the Owen Moffat. Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know. It's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home Internet. Cox is the real home Internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. This week on The Marketer's Report, Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, direct-to-consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. This year, uh, that, that would have been the way Cameron and Harper was looked at. But... Um, he had a pretty poor performance in his, his only uh, game for Celtic. It was against Livingston at Celtic Park or Hibs. <laughs> One out of two. Aye, um, it was Hibs because um, I remember he had a great chance actually to score. He did. You can't you can't judge any player on that night. Not in that month, Kev. <laughs> no, no, no. That that was one month that shook Celtic Football Club to its very core, wasn't it? I must admit, though, I was having a wee laugh when I was watching the footage for Lennox down yesterday with the snow getting swept off the training pitch and that and I could just picture Callum McGregor this time last year we were in the violence <laughs> <laughs> what, what's reckon, going on <laughs> I reckon this time next year they'll be somewhere aye but definitely they, they, they needed to get this settled down because the squad needs a lot of embedding and apart from the fact that you're bringing in three guys for Japan hopefully the boy for Australia maybe another one or two in the door as well again St Paul there and Benador St. Pauli are in the winter, winter training camp in Benidorm. Have we missed a substitution, lads? Has there been a wee substitution? Uh, it looks as if there was a substitution went on there. I think Mackenzie Cash went off injured. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to say, just as long as uh, St. Pauli stay out of watching the Sticky Vicky show, they'll be all right. Um, <laughs> I've never been to Benidorm, lads, so I have I've no idea. Why are you fellas in on that one, Colin? I have no idea what you're talking about. Um couldn't possibly be nothing against any of our Blackpool listeners, if indeed there are any. Uh, get involved in the chat section. We've been talking about the, the youth setup 
and um, how that works for Celtic, if it works for Celtic in the fifth tier. I don't think that is where Celtic see it going long term. I'm pretty sure if they introduced the promotion into the deal, then there would be more of an investment. But then it begs the question, Colin, what happens to your 16, 17, 18-year-olds? Would a player like Rocco Vata get the game time that he needs at a higher level if we didn't have the current setup, and And that is the question because he's too good for underage football. Would, would Liam Morrison and Barry Hepburn have stayed if this was an option for them? I think we're at the first stages the of that. that what, the, the Bayern B, the C team they're at the minute, just made the move up to the Bayern B team in the last couple of weeks. Um, it goes back to what we were saying a couple of minutes ago, okay, but it's almost as if you need three Celtic teams. You need a team mm-hmm. that can play up to the Lowland League level, which would be a Celtic C team as such, where it would maybe be Guys, sixteen to eighteen, and maybe the the odd one or two that gets held back a year because that's how schools work as well. Eh? Mm-hmm. Um, and then you've got the B team that would be the one that would sort of come through the the league system. But as I said, I don't think the Scottish Scottish league isn't going to buy that because you know what you know what they always say is like, well, if Celtic and Rangers can do it, how come Motherwell and Aberdeen and such can right. do it? That that then becomes a are, are the issue. At, are we at a point that they are Brentford? <sighs> Have a team that just like this, it's like the traveling Mulberries. Yeah. Just, 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 just goes, just goes and plays. I actually against, got that reference. <laughs> just goes and plays elite level clubs. Uh, I am um, ideally, but take a look at the world situation right now. Is there is there a way you can do that right now? What happens when you're locked down for six months? That team just goes out of action for six months. Aye. But then, aye, that, 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 that's a bigger, that, that is a bigger picture, but that's what we're looking at doing. Because we know full well that the the league's not going to allow us any mere money. No. So the Colts where they are, they know, as Paul hopefully says, we'll maybe actually, they'll maybe actually get into the league set up and we'll be allowed promotion. That's probably the optimum that we can, that we can expect. That's probably the maximum that we can expect. Mm-hmm. So we've spoke about this and I'm going, well, what can we do then with the 18, 19 year olds? We can send them out on loan. But then you have a look at Brentford. Brentford have an option. Well, well, wait a minute. They have got a side that just goes around and plays elite academies. Aye. And that's maybe that, that's maybe what we're looking at. I mean, there's, I don't disagree with you at all. I honestly don't disagree with you. I just think when you're looking at the, the investiture that Celtic put into the youth academy system now, obviously he's no longer at the club, but it was one of the things that Dom McKay mentioned when he took over as CEO was that Celtic wanted to base their youth academy and their youth scouting on teams like Brentford, Benfica, Ajax, teams like that. But when you look at the money they spend on it, although we're saying we, we spend two and a half million pounds on Lennox time, these other teams are spending maybe four or five times that because not because they have the money in the budget for it, is they'll sell a youth player. Mm-hmm. and they'll sell them for 15-20 million pounds and instead of putting that money maybe back into their team they'll plough half of it back into the youth system and that funds it for the next couple of years so that they can go and do a sort of six month tour of the world and play your Real Madrid's and your um, even Boca Juniors and teams like that we, Celtic aren't set up behind the scenes enough to do that this playing at a lowland league level is completely revolutionary for Celtic right now. So that we're, we're kind of crawling here. We're finding our and feet. then the next thing we're saying, right, let's fly around the world. It's the, the steps that are going to need to be taken for Celtic to get to that level 
somebody's either going to need to put a bit of investment in and take the risk, or it's going to be something we'll be talking about in 10 years' time that that's eventually where we get to. There's actually something quite like sad about watching this, knowing that the majority of these guys will never see the Celtic first team. Mm. And they, their parents, maybe then deep down know that themselves as well. But that they're there, and they won't, they won't actually see, they won't get anywhere near the Celtic first team. The majority of them will have a decent career in football because that's what seems to happen with mm. guys that leave Celtic. They always, they always seem to pick up clubs, and they do end up going to have a decent career. Marcus Fraser's one of them that just mm-hmm. jumped into my head there. Um, Liam Craig, look at the career Liam, Liam, yep. Liam Craig's had since he's left Celtic as well. And it just seems that we spend an awful lot of money to, <laughs> if I get all dramatic here, to ruin guys' dreams. <laughs> like, is it not, one, isn't one that not the case at every top club? It is, it is the case. And it, it's, it's, it's a farm, mate. It's a, it's a player farm, It's It's but, like battery hens. My girlfriend's cousin used to play for Celtic. Went right through the youth teams with him. Um, and at the age of 17 was like, oh. Mm-hmm. But he got to travel all around the world with Celtic. There used to be a tournament played in, I think it was Dubai or Qatar, where Celtic played teams like Man United, Barcelona, um, even some of the kind of smaller teams that you think, why are they there? But they've got a fantastic youth system. And he scored an outstanding goal. His weak foot into the top corner. was highly rated by the coaches. But it gets to a certain age where they go, we've not got anywhere for you. Aye. And he's dropped right out of football completely. Well, that's what he's a scaffold on there. Well, oh, he, he's a roofer now, sorry. On on the on the screen to your left, Arsenal Wenger appeared because obviously they're they're at Nottingham Forest against against Arsenal. And Arsenal Wenger and Michael Calvin's book, The State of Football, says seventy percent of guys that drop out of Academy Football in England never kick a ball again. No. But a lot of them are very rich the time they drop out of Academy Football. Well, Again, that's a big issue for me. And, and the, the player that springs to my mind there is Islam Farouz. So mm-hmm. he goes from Celtic to Chelsea and, you know, he gets various loan moves. I think that's when I realised how the loan system worked down south, you know, when you realised how many players. They, they Didn't at one point they not have over 30 players out on loan? They had 100 players in their first team squad and they had something like 60 or something out on loan. Incredible. Now, Farouz was this player. If you look great at his, he's, he's looked good. He's, he's done himself absolutely no harm today when you're looking at uh, the goalkeeper situation as well and who should be moved on. But he looks like a right prospect, doesn't he? You can start to see the, the Celtic players tiring about this as well. Yes. Sir. Talking about this step up into men's football. These are guys, obviously, they're, they're working nine to five, Monday to Friday, but then they're, they're putting the jersey on at the weekend. But they've been doing this for. 10, 15 years, whereas a lot of the Celtic players are still kind of 16, 17. They're not used to playing the 90 minutes against this level. So if Celtic can hold on here for a 2 0 victory, the, the, then. They seem to have lost a bit well. of shape. Uh, but the, again, the front three seem, seem ahead. The goalkeeper's done well, but the front three have really impressed. They've been impressed with other guy, Brooke Davis and, and Joey Dawson, man. Mm. They, they've been really. Really quite impressive today. Well, you're looking at it now, Celtic's back four, the average age is 16, 17. Aye. Do you know what I mean? Since O2 came off there at half time. They're a wee bit ragged, eh? Um, I think Jackson came on, Jackson Lely came on. Um, you've got Joseph Murphy, 16. Brody Patterson, I think, is 18 now. Oh, just wider from the Caledonian Braves and Dylan Corr. 
playing in there at 16 as well. So it's a lot of inexperience to be playing at that sort of level too. You know, going back to that conversation that we were having there, I think that uh, ideally the situation would be, Colin, that we have a team in the Championship. And that's, I think, where Celtic are viewing this long term. Mm -hmm. The team that we have at this moment in time obviously can't be promoted, but that will be renegotiated, I guess, in the, the summer. And I think Celtic and Rangers will have their way. And I, and I reckon that promotion will be introduced into the deal. And um, eventually the, the plan will be for Celtic to have what they would deem a, a team at a level that they might say is reserve team level. See, see, for me, I think there should be a way to... Because you, you're going to need to get the backing of the rest of the teams in Scottish football. Right? You're going to need to get like so your Aberdeen's, Hibs, Hearts, etc. on board. I think that there's room for another league to be put into the pyramid that maybe complements the, the Lowland League, the, the Highland League, um, and the, the West and East of Scotland somewhere that starts off with maybe just the 12 teams that's in the Premier League and the reserve teams, and then an invited select few of the top teams in maybe the East and West of Scotland with promotion into the Highland and the Lowland League coming from there. It maybe takes us back a year or two from the situation that you're at just now, but you can't get promoted as it stands, and I can't see any way that the Lowland League teams will agree next year for the winner of the league if it's Celtic or Rangers to be promoted again. So it might be need to be that you completely restructure the league to have a an additional level to it that'll allow the promotion and relegation aspect to come in. Because there is teams that if you listen to some of the fans from the Lowland League, there's teams in that Lowland League this season that shouldn't be in it because they're not good enough. Aye. There's teams that have been turned over what was 11, it? 12, 11, 12, 13 nil, and that's not just by Celtic and Rangers, that's by like Saboni Riggers and stuff as well. So because of what's happened with COVID, the Scottish leagues are slightly out of kilter. Mm. And now's probably the time to try oh. and put that rebalance in. And if Hearts, if Hibs, if Aberdeen want to be a part of it, that's an invitation to do so. And then they kind of turn in and say, well, it's only benefiting Celtic and Rangers. Well, it'll be interesting to see how it develops. I mean, I'm looking at this game today. The, the three of us sitting here have got season tickets. What would make you, Kev, go to the, more of these games? Um, it's, it's difficult for me because just family-wise and also I go, go to the home games and that as well. Eh? So if you've not got a football, not got a weekend football, if if it was on the season ticket, I would definitely think about it. Mm. Definitely think about it. If it wasn't in somewhere as bizarre as Airdrie, I'd maybe think about it as well. I mean, if, if they do something to Barrafield and it's got a... a 1500 stand or something like that, then I would travel up to Barrafield to, to, to do it. If I could see the overall merit of it, I would do it as well. Because at the moment, there's no end game. It's no, a one off. No, it, it's still, it's brand new, eh? There's still no. What's, what's going to happen? I must admit, I have thoroughly enjoyed this. I have thoroughly enjoyed this game. Uh, and I, I thoroughly enjoyed watching the front three. I remember going to that. Remember the the series of games that we played against the likes of Sport and Lisbon because that was the one game I went to and it was the youth players and it was the kind of elite I can't remember the name of it I think Mark Warburton had something to do with setting it up Next Gen Next, Next gen. gen that's exactly what it was and I went to uh, Furhall and I watched Celtic play Sport and Lisbon and the player that stood out above anybody else on the park was Darnell Fisher playing right back 
Mm-hmm. Um, there was a few others in that team, but I think uh, Daniel Fisher was the absolute standout. Is that something that, that still takes place the, no. the next generational season? No, um, they, they moved that and they incorporated it within the Europa Youth League right now, um, who currently are representatives this season, seasonal Rangers, because they won the Senior League because there was no youth football last year. But teams like Hamilton have made it into the Europa Youth League over the last couple of years. So in terms of Scottish football, there's a great aspect to that there as well. But again, a lot of these things that were there for youth players five, six years ago, the, the opportunities just aren't there anymore. Do the Champions League sides, do, do their youth sides still play each other? Yes. Is that, is that still a thing? Because that's where we saw Edward. Aye, that's so where, that's you've, got the, you've got the Champions League and then you've got the Euro League, mm-hmm. um, which is below it. And you think the Euro League would be for teams for the Europa League, but it's not. It's, it's a bit of a mess. Talking um, about Fisher then, right? There's a player who struggled to break through at Celtic played 20-odd games, maybe over a couple of seasons. Had a, a loan deal out at St. Johnson, but since then, right, since 2016, he has played championship football mm-hmm. in England. Yeah. He's so there's a guy that players. Yeah, couldn't break through. He's not someone I think would immediately come to your mind as a player that we've produced that went on and did well, Kev, but he clearly has done. He's had five years, going in six years, in the Championship in England. Jim Simonetti tells a great story of how the Jimmy Johnson Academy found Darnell Fisher. And as you say, he's been a standout for Preston. Mm -hmm. He's had a right decent career for a guy who was basically had to beg to play that day. And he's now at Middlesbrough. And he's now at Middlesbrough now. Uh, And... That, 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 that's what I'm saying. These guys, I'm having, oh. I'm having a look at a lot of these boys here, and history tells it, tells, tells. And I mentioned Marcus Fraser earlier on, Liam Craig earlier on, and that as well. What these boys will have a career in football mm-hmm. if they if they get their, if they keep their heads screwed on and go, don't get disillusioned if they get let go with Celtic. They can go on and have a decent championship career, a decent career in, in the Scot- Scottish Premier League, or they can move to England. The other one, Ross Wallace, had a decent championship. I was just thinking career. about Ross Wallace. Mm-hmm. What was his last club, Kev? What was the last club he played for? Mobile phone companies say they offer home internet, but if their internet comes from a cell phone network, you should know it's just phone internet, not home internet. Keep your home up to speed with Cox. Cox Internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5G home internet. Cox is the real home internet you're looking for. Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data, Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. 
Go to iHeartResults.com for more. I think the last club I can remember him playing for was Preston. Preston. I'm going to say St Mirren, and I'm not looking at anything here, but I'm going to he say, road, I'm sure he did. I'm sure I remember him coming up to St Mirren. Ross Wallace, last club I played for St Mirren. You're talking about what we'd encourage um, people to come along there, and I do think one of the kind of big things is every game's played in Airdrie. And... I'm not saying Airdrie's a terrible place to go to or anything like that, but it's, it's in the middle of nowhere, really. When you go to it, because I was That's fortunate a soulless stadium as well. I was fortunate enough to go there um, last season to see the women's team, but it is in the middle of nowhere. That was a sum- summer's night, was it not? It, it was. was. A sunny night. Aye. Yeah. It's in the middle. Of, they used to play the, the reserve games at Capel, and I would selfishly say that was a, a much better place to play them um, because it was right on my doorstep, but what is you're talking about obviously this the Celtic team travelling around the world to play these teams? Why could we not take this team on the road in Scotland? We've got fan bases all over Scotland. True. They could enjoy going out on a Sunday afternoon or a Saturday afternoon when Celtic's not playing at home. It'll come down to the financials and the fact that that's a community based uh, stadium owned by the local authority and it'll be cheaper. You, you, look, at, you look at the crowd that are near the other day, it's very, very sparse. Four fifty. And 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 it's it's not far fake. Coat Bridge and Carfin, which are big Celtic areas. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember, we did Carfin Hibs. Aye, we did, aye. Oh. The club. Who was the guest that night? Sorry to interject. Uh, who was the guest? George Tosh McCluskey. McKinley. George McCluskey, Tosh McKinley. Big Yogi. Big Yogi. Mm. Big Yogi had uh, a lot to say that night, <laughs> if I remember correctly. He did. One of the many nights Big Yogi has a, has a lot to say. But you're right, big fan bases well, in these areas. There's fan bases, so it hasn't even, it hasn't even won a match there. We're in the middle of a winter break. But how are we engaging with the supporters clubs? I don't think we are engaging. Exactly. That. I think that, I don't, how are we, how are we getting them a lot of these games? Well. I don't think the club have done this well. I mean... There's even, I know University of Stirling play at Fourth Bank, which is just a couple of miles down the road for me. East Stirling play at Brockville, eh, no Brockville, the new, new Falkirk Stadium or whatever mm. it's called, mm-hmm. which is just, there's probably more chance of me going to many of the away games than it would be travelling to Airdrie. You, you think about it, like, see for a West of Scotland fan, the closest game to, if it's not at Airdrie, is going to watch them play Caledonian Braves because it's at Strathclyde Park. Is it Strathclyde Park? Strathclyde Park. So, if I'm talking about, I mean, Greenock has a fantastic Celtic fan base. It takes 10, 11 buses every game. Port Glasgow, the same, not the same as such, but they'd maybe take three or four. Paisley, Linwood, players, teams, uh, sorry, fans from those towns. It's a bit of a journey. Why have even ultra groups not actually go go there? Have a wee day out? Give it a bit of atmosphere, give it a bit of spectacle. Because watching this at the moment, you're quite geeky, but there's no spectacle for a for a casual observer to go, go and watch that game of football. I wouldn't be surprised if when the crowds come back in, the one game that does draw a crowd is the game against Rangers. Aye. And I think they, what you've seen... They play their games. They play their games at Hawk and Howie. They, they've got a... Um, but they, they moved the game because they couldn't get the fans into it. Ah. I, but thought, I, thought, I thought they liked playing foot fans. Full-time at Airdrie, Pennycar Stadium, 2-0 victory for Celtic over 
the Caledonian Braves. Moves them into joint second with Rangers. Um, I think we're just behind on goal difference, it is. Uh, and about 10 points behind uh, the, the league leaders, Bonnie Rig Rose. Impressive performances right throughout the team, including in goals from Ryan Mullen. Great defensive display from the young 16-year-old Joseph Murray and Dylan Corr. But um, as we say, we've only seen 45 minutes of them. Ben Wiley, fantastic performance. Man of match, boys. It's hard not to give it to Bruno Davidson, I'd say. I'd agree with that. Uh, Wee Davidson was, was brilliant. He's got the number seven on his back. He was tricky on that right-hand side all day. He caused, he caused the Caledonian Braves loads and loads of baller like And the fact that he looks like a wee bit like Stephen Bonds is one for <laughs> oh, himself. Only, only with the hair. Only with the hair. <laughs> so that's seven unbeaten for Tommy McIntyre's side now. They've seen to have settled into that level. Absolutely. I'm just checking what the next fixture is coming up for them. Uh, they will be playing Gretna 2008 on the uh, the 15th. Why did Gretna not just call themselves Gretna? That's allowed in Scottish <laughs> Well, we'll we're going to run for another six minutes because we have been going for almost two hours, lads. And although it's a watch along and we've done a few in the past, this was a week, the first time we have covered the Celtic B team. It's only right, they wear the green and white hoops. But we have been discussing where that goes. And I guess we'll never know. I've got a theory that, yeah, there will be a new deal done in the summer, but we certainly will not uh, get any higher in terms of our entry level into the league system uh, there's a question mark over whether or not we'll even get to level 5 so we'll see how that goes but it was uh, interesting to watch how the system that the team plays is the same as the first team it's obvious that the club the football department are buying into Ange Postacoglu there's a few other wee things that have happened over the last couple of days and of course Tony and I will be talking about them tomorrow on the bulletin but I found it interesting Kev we'll start with yourself that uh, Stephen Welsh was in amongst the transfer rumour sections and that uh, he had garnered some interest from the Italian football and I suggested that the success of some of the Scottish players over there uh, in Serie A at the moment, and Aaron Hickey, Liam Henderson, both the ex-Celts, are probably um, indicative of the fact that some of the, the players that we're, we've got at the moment are, are getting more interest. Definitely, and I, I think the success, as you mentioned, of uh, Henderson and Hickey has made the Italian scouts have a look in Scotland to say that there is talent there who can adapt, who can adapt to Italian football. Once once a certain type of player or nationality a player becomes a, becomes a success in Sierra, they keep on going back to that well. Yep. Uh, when you look at the amount of Yugoslavs, when it was Yugoslavia, but the amount of like Croatians and all of that that play in the, uh, that still play mm-hmm. in, in Sierra, that's because those players have been been to Sierra and, and adapted and played well before. Mm-hmm. So these clubs keep on going back to those wells. And Hickey's been fantastic for Bologna. Mm-hmm. So they'll be looking at Scotland and going, who else is there that we can actually get as young enough as able to adapt? Uh, and Aaron Hickey used to be a bit peely wally and he's built himself up. He's got a nice wee tan in that as well. He's looking well. The Italian lifestyle suits him, it seems. But it's not a kind of a new thing to do stuff like that. You take a look at um, Italian football, for example, in the 90s. They'd go to the English market. Nah. They'd pick up the English players. Back in the 60s and 70s, uh, Scottish football turned to the, the sort of Nordic market. Morton bled in all the Finnish players that then came right Raja through... Raja Aye, came right through Scottish football. And the United, Scandinavian, like Olafsson and... Uh, even Cedarson Celtic, and even Celtic like with Shuggy Valdson, players mm-hmm. like that that came through. 
when you see a market that is successful for you, you go back to it. Celtic's done it right now. They've picked up Kyogo and went back to the J League and picked up another three. But that's how these that's how these Scottish guys that's how the, the link the Stephen Welsh link to use it Udinese is not a surprise because you've got two guys doing there you've got two guys in Italy who are Scottish doing well mm. so when you saw that link you go up who made that rubbish you're not saying that you go up well there, there is there, 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 there is weight with that I seen a, an argument that this is sort of and just seeing Celtic TV is given Ben Summers man of the match mm. who was the the other winger. Um, Hard to argue with that as well. I thought there was trouble coming down both sides. Both sides, I um, For me, I just don't know if Stephen Welsh is at the level where you'd say, do you know what, he's going to be a, a first-choice Udinese centre-back over the next couple of years. I think there is a talent there, but they're kind of gambling on for the future. What I really like calling, though, Alan Morrison, done the, the review of the centre-halves now. If you want to find Carl Stahlfeld after reading that, he's under a patio somewhere. <laughs> uh, after after reading what Alan uh, this, what his stats actually show, but what he says about Welsh is improving year on year. Mm-hmm. He, he's, his stats are getting better and better. And apart from the the brain fart like you had against Livingston earlier on in the season, I think he's been steady enough for us. Go back to the fact that we were talking about uh, last season, given how difficult it was for anyone to shine last season right. and that was his introductory season for Celtic I know he played one game before he played against Rangers but uh, that really was his introduction to the Celtic side and I think he's weathered that storm not on a personal level but the fact that he came into that that storm that but was Celtic last year probably another player Paul has benefited if he'd gone out and loaned him on if only he was seen, playing at the right position <laughs> seeing that level of football playing that level of football and maybe even getting that wee that, that wee question in his head gone I don't want to play here mm. <laughs> I'm going to need to up my game <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not I'm no saying Greenock's a bad place to go and play football but saying I've got it great at Celtic I need to actually work my way up here and make sure I remain at Celtic What about though you know the question you were talking there about some of the players that go over to the States um, having these uh, arrangements now it was with the Hungarian team. Remember, Willie McStay went over, he was a manager. Yeah. Um, and we apparently were, were going to be sending players over um, to Hungary as well. I think that only ha- we happened couple, once. Yeah, we sent a couple um, Willie McStay was, was promised more than that. It didn't quite happen by the time he got over there. Um, and I looked at this, this it was Rujpes Dosha, wasn't it? Dosha. Yeah. Um, and I looked at the situation there. And you can see the merit in it. So they're, they're going to a club and there's a partnership. They've actually instilled a manager there um, at that time. So I don't know what their thoughts were on Willie at that point and his future w- with regards to Celtic. But he's been the manager and they've only given him the one player. He was meant to be getting a, a host of players. But you've got a, a relationship with a guy like Ronnie Dyla who goes back to Norway. And we never utilised that. You know, surely there would have been a, a benefit to Celtic because we know how he can develop players and sending some players over there and there would have been a benefit to him in getting the young talent coming over we don't seem to do that even now maybe it's it's beyond their capabilities now that he's at a kind of higher um, level than he was operating at over in Norway but I, I just thought that was an opportunity to miss Kev get three or four young guys over there and developing under Ronnie Della who obviously and we know he can develop players I think they're, they're 
the club miss an awful lot of opportunities to use ex-managers or ex-guys who used to work for us. There's also, as you say, these partnership deals that happen all over what European football. You've got clubs who owners of own multiple clubs, yep. and you see players rebounding between them all. And it's something that we should maybe we should maybe look at. Um, and use it to our advantage because we've actually, we've been speaking nearly two hours and we're still no further forward to no. solving the conundrum. <laughs> so, true. so uh, another uh, another option is that we go in partnership with a team in uh, the second tier of the Bundesliga mm. and, you, and you send your players there. St. Pauli. <laughs> well, I, I, I watch a lot of Bundesliga two games and the standard is extremely high. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of Technically good footballers there. Jackson Irvine is playing for St. Paul at the moment. And he's not looking at his place. Like, so that is a decent level. And you talk about clubs like Red Bull Salzburg. Look how many guys they sign for the Bundesliga too. Mm -hmm. And turn into players who then move on to bigger clubs. So there is is merit in having partnerships with some, some teams in Europe. Maybe not in Scotland. I don't think that's allowed, actually. But um, having having official partnerships with teams in Europe yeah. could be a way to go. And there's probably is some unofficial partnerships do kick about. But, but Kev, they, they were trying to set up a partnership with Dunfermline. Ross MacArthur and, and Peter Lowell were in discussions to set up that partnership and get some of the young guys on it. I think the limit, though, is four to any other one club. But they were trying to set up that that pathway to get the players to Dunfermline Athletic. Fair Celtic point of view, I think that's great. If I was a Dunfermline fan, I don't know how I would feel about that. But you know, we've already got these special partnerships, Kev. We've done the since we got their vote oh, a couple of years right, ago. We made sure that their vote went to that, um, that wrong inbox. Right, exactly. Right, right, right. So we've got them partnerships. Right, it's been tremendous to actually get a watch-along under the belts. Uh, that was the Celtic B team, 2 nothing victory, pretty convincing. We've seen a few players who have impressed. We had a few Axon contributors at the game as well, and Andy Rafferty has given us a half-time and a full-time reaction, which is now being uploaded onto the YouTube channel, so check that out. That was straight from the horse's mouth. The full-time one has just been uploaded. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved on a Sunday. We'll be back at 12.30 tomorrow on the bulletin. And uh, it's great to see Colin Watt and Kevin Graham back in the studio. So thanks, guys, for joining me once again on A Celtic State of Mind. phone companies say they offer home internet but if their internet comes from a cell phone network you should know it's just phone internet not home internet keep your home up to speed with cox cox internet is faster and has more reliable download speeds than 5g home internet cox is the real home internet you're looking for Based on Cox analysis of UCLA speed test intelligence data Q3 2022 and Cox serviceable areas, visit cox.com internet for details. 
It's the Marketer's Report. This week, Patrizia Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct to Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on the difficult task of building and retaining consumer trust. Trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. The best thing for us to do is to build a relationship with our consumers. And if those consumers have a relationship with the DJs that are on air, then we want to build on that. House of the Dragon, which was one of our most successful, if not the most successful campaign we've ever done for a show, audio was a core part of that. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. Not just a media company, iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.